Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode 117 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And it is me, the Lone Wanderer. And it's me, Carrick, with ACG. So welcome, everyone, to this lovely episode. We have, we have a lot of great news lined up for you. But before we dive into any of that news, forget the normal promotions we do at the beginning. We want to talk about something really important. Um, the sound engineer, one of the main ones for who worked on uh, Elder Scrolls V, Skyrim, Fallout New Vegas, and Fallout 4, was recently diagnosed with acute myeloid, um, or myeloid, I'm sorry, leukemia. And um, there will be a GoFundMe link in the description down below, we highly encourage you guys to please check it out if you are able to donate and help him out because he was a part of creating some of our favorite gaming experiences and it's always a shame when we hear something like that happen. So please check it out in the link in the description down below. Uh, we'd really appreciate that. And now let's move on to our first bit of news. Let's talk about Kingdom Hearts 3. I've been waiting for a good Kingdom Hearts segment on the, on the, uh, <laughs> on the podcast for a long while. And finally, we got something to talk about. And I'm excited to hear Carrick's reaction to this, because he'll be the one who brings me down to Earth. Um, Kingdom Hearts 3 <laughs> is apparently coming out in 2018, and uh, presumably it's going to be a fall 2018 title. Um, this is the first time since the game was announced in 2013 that we have a date tied to this. Every single trailer has always ended in now in development, and now we finally have a date. Or, I'm sorry, a time frame. We have a window. How accurate do you feel this is? I don't feel it's very accurate at all. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I, I feel, well, I guess 2018 could be accurate if, you know, you're considering all the way up to December 31st. Uh. They're just, I mean, hasn't it been a long time, though? Like, I mean, when was the first time we saw stuff on this? 2013. Yeah, I think I was playing my PS2. So, like, it's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was like Last Guardian and that were announced the same day yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So uh, I, I I hope it comes out. Like I'm waiting for it. And that stuff I saw about Toy Story, oh, um, yeah, that looked cool. that looked insane. So I'm I'm stoked for it, but it's mm. just so far out, and you never quite know. And you and I talked about this. I th- were we talking about this on Discord? I can't remember where I was talking about this, but it, the the idea of just how disjointed like the story is. Yeah, that was our, that, that, that was, was awesome. you and I. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we were just like, yeah, it's a great series, but that fucking story after so many. I need to go to a wiki and read it. You know, like yeah. in depth. To remember where I am and stuff. Well, yeah, like I, my always my number one example is you got literally Sora, Roxas, Ventus, Venetus, and it's like that right there. For those who know anything about Kingdom Hearts and can explain that, like that is the summary of the story and how just convoluted it becomes. Um, yeah. For me, I, I definitely am very hesitant to trust this release window. Um, the only reason I really think it might be the case is because um, when I was listening to some interviews with Tetsuya Nomura, who's directing this game, he did say that the reason it was taking so long for them to sh- start really showing stuff is because Square Enix like essentially put this project on the back burner and had them redo, like, for example, in the first year of development, they had to switch to a whole new engine. Uh, from there, they had to, like, start, they said, work on other things for the time being, so... 
it's only really recently, these past couple of years, or three years, it seems like, based off what he said, has been getting its full attention and focus that it deserves. So if we really couple in those initial years of development with the, the full force, maybe 2018 sounds a little more believable. Um, the other thing is I look at Final Fantasy 15, and uh, hilarious enough, that got another like two-month delay uh, when it was initially announced. Like, yeah, it's coming out September. No more delays. But... Um, you know, I, I feel like when you look at that, how long that took to be go into development, I think that was another five-year yeah. project game, and, and that did go over a serious overhaul that, you know, just based off how Square Enix has operated as a company in the past, that maybe this has become a lot more plausible. But uh, And well, they've seen success from it, right? Wouldn't you guys agree? Yeah. Like, yeah. Final like Fantasy the delays sold really well. And Hitman has been pretty good with, you know, so it's like, I, I think for them, and because so they well, delayed they some of that. <laughs> So, well, that's true too. Yeah, it mustn't have done that. that. That, No, it did. That's what that they remember their excuse. It did so well that like they didn't want to keep a hold of it. And I was like, "What the fuck? That makes no sense." And then I read up the financials. I guess it does make sense to them. But it's a fucking fucked up story. Random thing, right? But so weird. Maybe they're going down the line of of Mo Yang pre-acquisition because I remember listening to to some interviews. Um, with Notch, who said that there's literal like we don't have the capacity to continue moving this franchise going forward because it's right. so big, and the only one that can really do it, like actually do it justice, is someone like a, a PlayStation or an Xbox, and that's who one of them who acquired it. So yeah. that could be what's going on. I don't know. I have no fucking idea. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump off onto the other subject. Of, no, uh, yeah. it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Long, yeah I know I mean, you're it's... a huge Kingdom Hearts fan. I'd love to hear no, that. I'm a huge sense. Kingdom Hearts fan. Well, no, let's hear it. Nah. Are you intrigued That's... at all? This is going to be a multi. It's going to be nah. the first time it's a multi platform release. You're, nah. you're, 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 okay, Mr. I'm a kid on the inside. Doesn't give a fuck about a game where you explore Disney planets. It just, I don't know. It just doesn't. It doesn't tickle your fancy. I've never been tra- a... story t- Toy Story trailer and go like, "Oh fuck, I gotta get in on that." Look, I, I've <laughs> never been a big fan of Kingdom Hearts. Okay, this is me being honest, and there are too many games on my list to play before that would even come close. So, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Mister Maddie, Mister <laughs> Maddie. Yeah, yeah. Apologies. Is that your name on YouTube? Damn it. <laughs> yeah, you know me personally, though. Um, so. <laughs> that's the other thing people always ask whenever i've personally talked about kingdom Hearts 3 i'll get a, a comment or two um asking like should i try to get into the series and it's always like my answer is <laughs> yes but then it's like fuck you have a lot of work ahead of you you got a lot of games to play um you could trim off some of the fat with like recoded and and chain of memories i feel i i feel those are almost like kind of throwaway games to me personally um, but then even, even at that point you were playing one, two birth by sleep, dream drop distance, and then 0.2. And then the movie, it's like, it's so much and it's so all over the place where you can kind of follow the, the, the narrative thread, but then there's so many characters that have multiple layers of purpose in each of these universes. And they're all going to come into kingdom Hearts three in one way or another. So I'm curious to see how. Uh, Nomura ties it all together, but um, it's just one of those things where, yeah, if you're listening to this and you're curious about Kingdom Hearts, I always say give the franchise a shot. Um, Kingdom Hearts 1 hasn't aged that well, as far as I'm concerned. 2 is really the end-all, be-all. Birth by Sleep is really good as well. So if you can just kind of get your way through 1 and then try 2 and Birth by Sleep, I think it'll be rewarding enough, and those are kind of like the main things you need to know. 
for the Kingdom Hearts, and then play Dream Drop Distance because that basically leads into three. So, so many spinoffs. It's it's a fucking pain in the ass. Um, anything on Kingdom Hearts though? Anything else? Maybe would wouldn't it be cool? Well, it might not be for everybody else, but I think it'd be cool if all of it did come together in three. As in, they sort of solidified the story, uh, made everything more cohesive mm-hmm. with within the story, like explained why it wasn't. And then whatever the plot is sort of like drew everything back so that they could start sort of at three as the new number one. And the reason why I say that is because you're naming all these names of shit that I can't I don't I don't even know what you're fucking talking about. And I've played some of them and I'm like, wait, who the fuck? Because they're so disjointed. It's like jumping into Game of Thrones and starting halfway through the series and then fucking jump into the start. Yeah. So it would be great if they were like, okay, we're going to sort of we're going to sort of you know, solidify everything in three and get people into a narrative they can understand. Cause when you have names like you explained with these weird side names, that's another thing. Whenever I talk to gamers and I start giving them like subtitle names, that's when they get confused. Cause mm-hmm. like, wait, you know, like it, it, star Wars empire strikes back makes sense. But once you start getting nine or 10 of them and then you get 45 books, people start getting really confused. Mm-hmm. And so re- solidifying back to the third, you know, to this one, bringing everything together and starting fresh from here could I think bring in a ton of people, especially now that graphically you can do it, you know, graphically we're at a point where we can bring toy story in and make it not look funny. Yeah. You know, it make it, you know what I mean? Like it. It no, looks, I know. It, it's very close. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's a good point, uh, especially cause um, I, I don't want to ruin too much for people out there that what I'm talking about though, is some things that piss me off about the narrative. I, um, I won't say it, but uh, the ending to Dream Drop Distance, I that's one of the, the most silly fucking endings I've ever experienced in a video game. Um, it's so silly, I almost want to spoil it, but just in case, I, I won't. Um, <laughs> Don't. But on top of that, I, I agree. that it, it seems like they're going for something a little more straightforward in Kingdom Hearts yeah. 3 because um, they're talking about like finding this black box and... Uh, once again, a new narrative thread was introduced when they brought out zero point or no, I'm sorry, uh, two point eight HD remakes, which came with this movie uh, for Unchained Key. And Unchained Key is all the way at the beginning of Kingdom Hearts. I, I wonder how many viewers were losing by them second here. Um, and <laughs> during that They're movie, gone. the uh, the Master of Masters, creative name I know, has this fucking black box, or is it Lucius? I don't know, or Lucio? I don't know. Someone's got a black box. And now in Kingdom Hearts 3, they're looking for it. And in the end of this movie, they don't... They, you just see Lushu walking away with the box. And you're like, all right, well, where's the Master? Master's, what's Lushu doing with the box? What's in the fucking box? You don't know. And it's like, all right, Kingdom Hearts 3, they're, they're talking about the black box in, like, every trailer. It's it's like, okay, that's that's the thing they're going for. That's a little more straightforward. What purpose that serves and what's inside that box and what it'll do, I don't know. That's where it could get really complicated, but I don't know. It... it I agree entirely. It just seems fucking ridiculous now. Um, anyway, let's move on to something uh, we can all get involved with. Uh, how about Doom DLC? So what they have done with Doom is made all of their multiplayer map packs free. They've also revamped the multiplayer progression, and they called it Update 6.66. How fitting. Yes, excellent. Most excellent. <laughs> just real fucking oh, creative. That'll do. That'll do really well in the South. <laughs> yeah. A bunch of religious people are reading that, going, "You ain't getting that for my boy." <laughs> my mom. My mom would be like, "Get two for Carrot." Uh, I two. like. I like the idea of of doing that for for any game. You know, after a while, releasing the DLC and just being like, "Here you go." I love that idea. So I'm always behind anything like that. Yeah, uh, I, I thought it was pretty good as well. I mean, 
after a while, a season of pass becomes more expensive than the main game. You know, there's yeah, an issue. Redundant, right? Yeah, I mean, that, that happened. So I think during the Steam sales, <laughs> you could buy a bunch of Fallout games for less than the price of Fallout 4 season pass. Yeah, um, there was a, anyways. There was a flash sale on PS4, I remember, and it was like Fallout 4 was 15 bucks, and the, and the season pass was discounted by like, I think, I forgot what it was, but it ended up being like yeah. $40, and I thought to myself, yeah. are we so, so eventually, <laughs> this this is always a good idea. My question, though, is where the fuck is the single-player DLC? Mm. Because I, 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 I'm leaning towards this being, like the story being continued in the next Doom, but just the way it ended, I wasn't satisfied. That's no. all. I wasn't either. My guess, or my guess was, rather, that during E3 this year, I thought they were going to, and there was no hints, I just thought it was a good idea, that they would do what they did with Wolfenstein the Old Blood and release a short kind of game. But that's what they're doing with Dishonored. That's exactly what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, it was just the wrong IP, I guess. But, yeah. I mean, Dishonored, it seems like it has more of a, a narrative uh, purpose in that game. Yeah, I guess. You know, because I think her name's Billy something, uh she's pretty important to the Dishonored story and lore. And uh, she has like a past that a lot of Dishonored fans have wanted to know about. So I think it'll be really good. But with Doom, yeah. it's like, what do they do? Do they just wait for Doom 2 and pick up from there? Or do they, mm. you know, fill in the gaps a little bit? And like, really what they do is set themselves up for another cliffhanger. If they gave us more single player DLC, they'd like, add a couple of missions and they just end up waiting for doom 2 anyway uh, I, i'm just what intrigues me really is why and, and i don't know whether this is like a bethesda as a publisher decision but you had wolfenstein with uh the new new was it old blood sorry mm-hmm. wolfenstein with the old blood and then you have the sonnet 2 expansion i mean what happened to the kind of traditional smaller piecemeal dlc um, that's like ten, fifteen dollars, and then you go on. Like, I don't know why, but Bethesda is starting to push, and not that, that it's a bad or a good thing. It's just a thing. Yeah, these kind of expansions for their games, as opposed to traditional DLC. Do, do they make more money off of that? I, it's I don't weird, know because I think it gets the hype of a new game. Look at the new Uncharted. I don't think that they're yeah, that's I technically guess. a full game. I think they're selling it for forty bucks. It's a lost legacy. Yeah. It has nothing to do with Nathan Drake, um, but it's more Uncharted. They say it's not enough for its own full game, but it's too big to be an expansion or DLC. Yeah. I just I, I think that's a crock of shit because I, I look at, for example, um, like Shivering Isles. You know, that that is a fucking huge piece of content, uh, and, and you could sell that on its own, but they didn't. They made it, you know, a part of the game really and well, as it, DLC. it is weird as well because I, for, for the dishonored one i don't i don't even think it's called dishonored 2 blah i think it's called dishonored yeah. death of the outside it is because it is. we talked about this i was confused i thought it was dlc for the first one so and i think everyone did too <laughs> so. now here's the here's the kicker if you have to download dishonored 2 first before you can play that then it's part of dishonored 2 if you if you that don't if you can download it separately it, if it's purely standalone, then that makes more sense. Then, to be honest, it, uh, from what you were saying, Maddie, it's more of a prequel to Dishonored 2. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because um, they had Dowd. I thought he was gone at the end of the first one, if I remember correctly. It's been so long since I played the first one, and it's DLC. Yeah, I, st- I still haven't played the second one. <laughs> second one's good, oh, you- man. Second one, yeah, especially because they finally just recently finished really ironing out all the issues. It's a it's a fucking great game. And, uh, and yeah, that's it's exactly a much better what game right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's good, because it, yeah. it compared to release, 
that's the thing. I didn't have yeah. any like tech issues, but I know a lot of people did, and I was like, that's unacceptable. But like, I was fortunate. Enough. So the first time I played it at launch, it was it was really good for me. So I was really happy with it. Well, yeah. that's like Prey because I know some people had issues with Prey. Uh, oh yeah, tech, Prey and was I didn't. Perfect. I didn't have any, and it was yeah. so. You know, I always tell people. I just had somebody this morning who got mad at me for saying a game wasn't working Fortnite, <laughs> and I was I was being belligerent about it. I was like. I'll say whatever the fuck I want because your experience has nothing to do with mine. Like nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and it, that's what's unfortunate. I would love it Plus if thing, we all always... bought a book and we were all missing page twenty. But that's not what happens <laughs> in video games. Yeah, that's right? the thing. People always like try to chalk it up to bias. You know, like a couple yeah. of people are like, oh, you just like Bethesda. I'm like, no, it's my fucking game ran fine, so I like the product I had. Like that's... <laughs> Fallout Four. I don't know if that's what you're talking about. Fallout Four ran fine for me. No, so I was talking I, about I Dishonored. Dishonored. Oh, too. I still that was totally get people. I, I still get people attacking me over my Fallout Four review, and I'm like, guys, I could pretend I had bugs because that'd be fun. Because it'd be, I, I like to lie to you guys. But the fact is, yeah. is I'm not gonna lie. It actually worked, and there was a lot of people who were like, well, I had this, I had this, and I'm all okay. Then do your own fucking review, like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But what are you talking to me for? I mean, and that's it, it is unfortunate, though. It is. Even looking back on purely Bethesda games, I remember Fallout 3 ran great for me. New Vegas mm-hmm. ran a bit crappy after a while, especially same, when loading same files. Dishonored uh, ran shitty. Prey ran fine. Fallout 4 ran fine. Like, you you, you can never get it right, and everyone's <laughs> going to have a different experience. Yeah, Fallout 4, I mean, I have some people who just absolutely will not work for them. And I, I think to myself, I'm like, I was shocked how stable that game was for me. And I've seen some of the glitch montages, it's and I'm good. like, yeah, that's that's horrible, because it seems like a lot of people have them. But I was like, I thought it was look such at, a, uh, a, a well-done game in that re- regard. Yeah. Well, look at Telltale. I test all Telltale. I test almost all my games on the three different systems. Mm-hmm. And one Telltale game, same game will run differently on all three. And so on the low power system, Telltale runs fine. But on my high power system uh, with the 1080, it runs worse. And so yeah, I always I have to that. say, and every every time I review a Telltale title, I have to break it down and be like, there is a chance that you could have a Cray supercomputer with fucking Howl inside and it still would not run right. But somebody <laughs> over here with their Apple II, it's working. And I don't know why that occurs. It's just, it's Windows, I think, sometimes, too. I mm-hmm. think it's your operating system. It's the hundreds of drivers we've all. You yeah, and I, we do audio stuff. Dude, I have, like, yeah. 85 ASIO drivers for music, <laughs> you know, so it's it happens. Yeah. It's sad. I have to it's ask sad, you, Tarek, really quickly. All right, do you recommend the Guardians of the Galaxy Telltale game? Yeah. Uh, as, a, as a whole, I, I'm thinking I am. I, re- I have been reviewing them separate. Um, the first one okay. I thought was pretty good. The second one I wasn't a big fan of. But all right. I, I have a soft spot also for um, Porter, the Scott Porter, the uh, from Friday Night Lights. Um, yeah. He's the he's Star Lord. I thought he did a damn good job because I'm pretty nitpicky on who takes over voices. Where I'll be like, yeah, sorry, doesn't sound like him. <laughs> like I don't I, I don't like. <laughs> it way, they, they didn't get the original characters in the movies to do the voiceovers. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's so, a no brainer. That's weird but because I, 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 I think in Game of Thrones they they got the original actors they got to do some, their voice yeah. parts. So you always have it strange. in like Dragon Ball games. I mean, uh, I, for the most part, I believe. Anyways, you know what? I bet you it is, guys. It, I, it's absolutely money. I mean, can you, yeah, for example, money, yeah. Chris uh, Avalon? I always pronounce his last name wrong. But um, when we were talking to him at GDC and he was talking about working with Ron Perlman, he was talking about, you know, <laughs> you only have a very small amount of time with a guy who is getting paid a fucking ridiculous amount of money. So you better have your shit straight. And I was dawning on me one day. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, just trying to get Chris Pratt in. Hey, Chris, come on over and voice, you know. <laughs> sure. 
Sure. I charge a thousand dollars a minute. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So. I mean, that's good. Back to the Doom DLC because I just thought, what happens to the people who already purchased the DLC? Do they that's get it. compensated in any way, or they're just like, hey, uh, thanks for thanks for purchasing? They got to play no. it before they got the, to play it. Yeah. That's it. I'm not a big. I've never been a believer in any way, shape, or form. We've had to talk it's, about this, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, I, yeah, I was going to yeah. say. Oh, because I don't think Maddie was on that. No, Maddie was not on the podcast. I remember because I listened. Because I went out of shit control. in the beginning. I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I, there's very few instances you could ever tell me that a person deserves some kind of like, like the, you know, the one caveat that I'll say is if someone. Things. If if someone bought the DLC like the day before the price drop, I like I'd feel bad for them. I really would. Yeah. And usually in that instance, the developer will be like, "All right, whoever right. bought it on this week can get it for that price or whatever." Um, but if you bought it like at launch or several months ago, and you're complaining that there's a sale now, come on, like, no, no. I guess it's just like. Like you can it's feel different like, if I it was bad. on sale because com- someone's still paying compared to it just being completely given away for free when you might have been an investor in that. Like I just I'm a believer and rather it's not like oh you get your money back more so like hey you invested in our product early when maybe not as many people were or you were just one of the first people like here's a couple like in Doom multiplayer they do a bunch of boosts and stuff like here's uh 50 boosts like double XP yeah, double points awesome. shit like that here's some unique skins or yeah, something like some that yeah, but then, you know what you get then you get people complaining about everyone else getting new skins and then there's that's no way that. that they can get it but no it's not only that it's the fact that we're also ignoring and many people do when we bitch about this is that many of those uh, early adopters got you know pre-order skins and shit too so they got different stuff yeah. Than the people who later get five dollars off or ten dollars. I mean, are we going to look at every humble bundle and say, "Oh, this game's four dollars instead of forty. Here's thirty-six bucks back." Like, fuck you. You know, you bought it early, you enjoyed it. That's great. Like, I bought my car a while ago. Does that mean that if the car drops, I'm just going to drive in and be like, "I want four thousand dollars"? I mean, I chose when to purchase that. Like, yeah. I chose, and I know that the normal consumer system allows for them to drop their fucking price. Of their own product at any time. Yeah, and, and, and it's kind of different because like, but a like, dollar is different than if if, if it, or, sorry a day early. I was going to say if it is the next day, that is slightly different. <laughs> I would, no, no, I would, no, I wasn't saying it was different to yours. I was going to mention something else. I, I was thinking about how you know you know when games are remastered and usually on PC, people that bought the previous games get the remastered version for free. In my yep. head, I was like, is this similar? And then I'm like, well, no, it's kind of different because it's something new that that person that already bought it doesn't necessarily have as in the remastered version and that's what they're getting for free but when we're talking about in the, in this instance it's a dlc that that person does already have they already purchased so what actually can they get for free here like they, right. they're not going to be reimbursed with the money that they pay that that would be silly i just think like one um, weapon skin no yeah. i agree i completely that, that's agree it. That. you know Absolutely. like I, I i wouldn't blow it out of proportion personally i wouldn't say like what the fuck yeah. is this are you kidding me you know, because like, like I said, you I don't, chose I when to sit don't... down and buy it, but like, I just think, it's how long something. though, Maddie? I mean, I don't understand because this is an old game. So how long? I mean, how long until you stop offering people shit for enjoying the? T- I mean, they've been playing multiplayer and having a good time with the game for six and months. I mean, so I look at it that's this their way, return. Like, like Battleborn. You, a lot of people paid sixty dollars for it, sure. and they do the free trial thing, which ended up just basically making the game free to play. 
and like sure. a lot of fans who were invested that, in that game were like, "What the right. fuck?" Yeah. And that's so, a big deal. You know, I, I guess it really depends on the platform. This is Doom. It, it does. You're it right, kind of died off a little quickly, so it going free now. We'll bring in players like it intended to, and I doubt any early investors are actually really pissed. I haven't seen anyone pissed. So it, yeah. I guess Evolve, it's just... Right? Evolve, Maddie. Didn't Evolve do the same thing? That they did. Three yeah, versus yeah, 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 I forgot about that Because I bought it. <laughs> when you said Evolve, I, I... I was like, the PR? <laughs> Forget. No, That's sorry. how quickly <laughs> I forgot about it. Sorry. I played it right up until they turned off the servers. Really? Um, wow. Cool yeah, I actually liked it, but you know, I, I didn't think it was the greatest game in the world. I, I can play a lot of different titles. I mean, but uh, yeah, I, I guess you guys are right. It does depend on the game. I just think that once you start getting into the nitty gritty of choosing which games matters, and then it starts to get disastrous. But the Battleborn was a really good example of like my idea being sort of stupid because I think I would argue with Maddie and say, yeah, in the in the form of Battleborn, when the game went free to play. Yeah, then you need to look at the people who bought your game and go, you know, it's, you didn't you didn't refund it. Mm-hmm. We're gonna give you something. It's definitely situational because, like, for example, sure. while we're talking about Battleborn, you know, that game was pretty much dead on arrival. It was a great game, but it was basically I dead like on that arrival. game. I, I like it so much, dude. And it, you know, so you gotta in that circumstance, I think, thank your fans who were there, yeah. having your back, keeping your game afloat from the start. And you know, in this case. Doom was really well received. A lot of people played it. Um, I'm sure a lot of people bought the DLC. So I'm sure it wasn't that big of a deal for it to go free because I think more people were like, oh, sweet, it's you know more players going online. Because I think of it like uh, when Overwatch does a free weekend or something like that on, on a PS4, Xbox One or whatever and a PC. I don't know if they do it on PC, but then like you see more players hopping in and it's like, all right, let's go on Overwatch this weekend. You know, we got a bunch of new people sure. in to play with. So, you yeah. know. It's definitely circumstantial. Does um does Lone? Do you play o- Overwatch? I there was a period that I did play Overwatch. Now, honestly, I'm this weekend. I'm watching the uh, Overwatch World Cup, which is taking place in Ooh. in Sydney, Australia. It's oh. actually a lot of fun to watch. I was actually going to laugh and say, "Do you guys get excited when new people come into Overwatch so you can kill them all?" Are you guys like? Oh yeah, dude, I used dude, to do like, that. I love that. Back to the, to the days of Call of Duty with Christmas noobs. Go on around yeah. Christmas break and just hop on and just fuck up the and new your, kids. Your kill make ratio them is just awesome. Yeah. Make them fucking hate the game. Question ass. why their mom fucking bought it for them. Just really upset them. <laughs> oh, ruin their Christmas. It's the best feeling. You're just dropping these sick kill streaks. <laughs> it's but I think your personally, ego. <laughs> personally, I think that's just a, a niche hobby. Mm. Myself. <laughs> you mean niche? Only some. Only some it's people are going to get that niche. joke. <laughs> <laughs> We just lost like thirty yeah. subscribers. <laughs> yep, there they go on my. Oh yeah. man. Um. All right. So next topic is a big combination of something that's been a trend on the podcast for weeks now. We wanted to make sure we didn't start off the podcast with it because we've been talking about it so much, but we would be remiss to skip out on it. So I have all the information here. Let's start off with the Sega Genesis and Atari flashback, which were revealed, and uh, I'm taking this bit from a article I saw online. So it said. I wanted to make sure, or I'm sorry, this wasn't a uh, news article, this is an email I got. I wanted to make sure you saw the news that AT Games today announced pricing for its fall 2017 lineup of classic gaming hardware, including their premium HD versions of their classic gaming consoles, the Atari Flashback 8 Gold for $80, and the Sega Genesis Flashback for $80. 
Each console, fucking updates. Each console includes an amazing selection of built-in Atari 2600 and Sega Genesis 16-bit games, respectively, as well as an impressive range of innovative features, including wireless controllers. <laughs> I'm sorry. I innovative! Fucking, I didn't fucking read that part. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, these consoles, along with additional products, include the Atari Flashback Portable Game Player for 60 bucks and the Sega Ultimate Portable Game Player for $60 as well and will be available at all major retailers in fall 2017. So you can get a portable version for both of those, and you can get the, the setup uh, at your home entertainment theater section with really innovative technology such as wireless controllers. So... Bet you million um, dollars they're saying wireless, and it's innovative because so many people complained about the classic. Yeah. Um, Three-foot three controller or some crazy... I mean, the wire was in, insanely short. To the point of being almost laughable, but I hate the I hate the trend. That's all I'm gonna say. I don't want to be negative. I just I don't like any of that any of that kind um, of stuff. I don't like selling the nostalgia. So I, I don't hate the trend. I mean, I was right on it with the first NES Classic, and and this is kind of the stuff that we mentioned a, a lot before. But now that I don't play my NES Classic, it's a trend that I'm probably not gonna pick, you know jump back out jump back mm. on. Um, right. Maybe, and this is the next thing that we'll talk about. Maybe this '64 classic, but even then, I doubt it. Just right. anyways, I'll, if I start talking about Virtual Console, I'll cry. Yeah, that was the other topic I was going to get into. Is on top of that, there was a trademarking by Nintendo. It was it had like an N64 controller in it, so presumably we're going to see the N64 classic. Uh, we're not shocked. No, what we're games, not shocked. What games do you think we're going to see on that? Um, mm-hmm. I think we're going to see a trademark for. Um, for the Switch actually having games at some point, which would be great. <laughs> all, all this, I'm sorry, all this stuff. Come on, put it on the Switch, man. I agree. I, no, I, I agree. Um, if we are it. talking about... See, I'm getting games, madder and madder. Sorry, go ahead. I, I was, I was going to say, like, the 64 Classic, the, the issue that I see is with licensing, because how many games are on the 64 that were licensed third-party that might oh. not be able to even come to, to the 64 Classic? So you've got GoldenEye, You've got Perfect Dark. Um, and Perfect I, Dark was on the Rare Replay, so I don't think that'll be on the N64 Classic. Exact, exactly right. And, and there were a bunch of other games that I, I just can't Jet think Force of. Jet Force Gemini. That was uh, a great game. It was Banjo-Kazooie rare as well? Yeah. Yes, it is. So yeah, many rare like, games. Like, you're not going to have them on there. So, so, so a ton of like rare Super games. Mario 64. I think that was it. Um the three well, one. Just, that have Super Mario sixty four. That have you know Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. Spider Man sixty four. That have good. Super Smash. They'd have uh, Pokemon Snap. Like they'd have all the typical if games. They, yo, like, yo! If they don't put Pokemon Stadium on that shit, Pokemon Stadium. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that game is fucking good. The, I, I know yeah. people love the main Pokemon entries. I do too. But Pokemon Stadium, Stadium is like awesome. up there. Like it, it's. I like it just as much. It's so I mean, good. And what else, though? I mean, Killer Instinct probably won't go on there. Um, yeah, because Killer Instinct, ah. there's a modern version on Xbox. I mean, it's not that they can't re-release it. Actually, don't they have it's, the classic version? It's all licensing version? issues. It's all licensing. That's the problem. Let me just... I, I got this. Let me just Google the best Nintendo 64 games. And I, you've named yeah. a good chunk of them, but um, let's just see if we're forgetting anything. Donkey Kong? Uh, I just thought of that one. Yeah, um, that, that'll, that'll be fine. That'd be um, fine. Okay. Oh, good old Wiki- Wikipedia. So yeah, blah blah blah. Star Donkey Fox sixty four. Star Fox, I guess. Mm. 
Wave Race, maybe. Yoshi's Story, Mario, Mario Party definitely needs to be on there. Uh, Star Wars Shadows of the Empire, never played that. Neither have I. Apparently, I, I think we've covered off the big games. Turok. Yeah, I never played that. Cruising USA, but that was Nintendo published. Oh, man. Cruising USA was so good. Uh... Yeah. I, I don't know, to be honest. I, I really don't know. Because I, here's, here's the thing, though, right? From what I'm reading here, I mean, it's when you look Pokemon at Perfect Dark... Stadium per- too. What? So, po- po- sorry, Perfect Dark was published by Rare, even though it was released on that. But then when you talk about Diddy Kong Racing and Donkey Kong 64... Oh, yeah. That was developed by Rare, but published by Nintendo. So that it seems like here there's a lot of instances where a game was a Rare game, like GoldenEye, but it was actually published by Nintendo, so they probably still have the rights to it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, is like... Um, oh, the WWE game. Such a yeah. tricky thing, because... Um, I mean, you look at KOTOR, part, I think... a really good chunk of the reason that game hasn't been remastered or re-released rather is simply because of the licensing. That's what always, anytime it has been asked, whether it was Phil Spencer, uh, when Peter Moore was at EA, it was always, they, they said, yeah, we'd love to, but licensing, you know, cause it's like tied in with Microsoft and then Lucasfilms and then Obsidian's yeah. in there now. And Al- although Bioware. I will say that if they really wanted to make it happen, they'd make it happen. Yeah. There's so, always, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. You know, Fucking, fucking do it. Um, I've been patient. <laughs> I love how I've twisted this into my own little fucking thing. Um, any Sega Genesis games? Like, I, I didn't play much of the Sega Genesis, so the first thing that obviously comes to mind would be Ghouls Sonic. and Ghosts. Capcom Ghouls it's... and Ghosts is one of the most fantastic. I think that's probably considered the best version of it. Um, Altered Beast. See, what would be a that? really good thing to i think for a classic one would be like a dreamcast like a system that didn't really get its due you know put like shenmue one and two or no i'm sorry two was on the original xbox put shenmue one on there put that uh house of the dead game where you just walk around and fucking shoot zombies there are so many good dreamcast games it's ridiculous too when you go and look um that would be very fun like so if we're talking Mm. about sega genesis um Aladdin, did you ever play that Aladdin game that really... Yeah, from my I memory, it was really hard. Yeah. Uh, hard. I can't remember. <laughs> I gave um, that game was really hard. I'd be... I'd be shocked. No, there... Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Because they yeah, get a lot of games back then were, were much more difficult. Yeah. And then you had Mortal Kombat on there, which I believe that was the version that had With blood. blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. yeah. The other one had green slime. Yeah. Oh, N- Nintendo one was, was cut down. <laughs> of course. Unfortunately. They had um, Technocop, too. Yeah, yeah. I was never really a Sega kind of guy. Yeah, I was all Sega. So like that's, but I still, I don't. I hate this idea of nostalgia shit. Like I still won't buy this. I love the idea of those games coming to the Nintendo Switch or something. Mm-hmm. Would love it. Can you imagine a new Ghouls and Ghosts like upresed, fucking smoothed out graphics like Fire Pro Wrestling? Well, see, but what they, what they should do. Oh. Is instead of Man. instead of I just this idea hit me and I kind of pitched it last week I think it was but I I didn't I don't think I explained it well enough and this different version of the idea hit me I don't know if you guys ever heard of the um, I think it was called like the Sega Genesis Collection or something like that it was like a 360 PS3 game and it came with like 30 plus old Sega Genesis yes. games yeah yeah why don't they and I'm sure this is Carrick what you've been really saying or you that is what we, I've been really yeah, saying. Okay, I was going to say, because exactly you're like, or somewhere else. About. I was like, why doesn't Sega take a bunch of these games I don't know. 
and put them on a disc and, and for example, just put it on the PS4, Xbox One, Switch. Like yeah. that's mm-hmm. what, I would I would love that because I think you would remove some of the hardware cost and you would continue to you would keep people in the same ecosystem too. Yeah, what exactly. I mean by that you're is not you're not going to another budget. system. Right. And so if they're in point. your Xbox or your PS4 and you're playing that, what if you hit a button and there's the Sega collection, but then there's also the Capcom collection? You know, I don't want to resell a bunch of nostalgia. I'm just saying if we're doing it, I just feel you should do it right. You should do See, it in a way it, that... This is the interesting thing, though. I mean, with, with the Atari console and the Sega console, it's a bit different. Because if they're releasing their games onto a Switch, onto an Xbox, onto a PlayStation, they have to pay the fees to, to each of the platform holders, right? They right. easily, I, I guarantee you, they'd make more money selling these older consoles because they don't have to pay any licensing fees or, or anything like that to the platform holders. But when we're talking sure. about Nintendo's own classic, then I think the argument becomes, well, you want to support the Switch and get more games on there so people are buying the Switch. They invest in your Could current be. ecosystem, etc. Could be. So it's Could a bit be. different for others. I mean, they kind of tried to do it with uh, Street Fighter 2, right? In a way. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, they, they fucking upscaled the shit out of that price. I, I, I think that was like a $60 game, wasn't it? We've talked about this. Um, it, was, it was pretty high up. And like the, 50, the one thing 40. that annoyed me about that is that the, the menu is 60. Like, it's the full resolution. But when you're mm-hmm. in the actual game, it's black bars on the side. Yeah, I was oh like, wow! Oh, I surely, yeah, surely they could have worked that out. That, it it was jarring that. to me. I was like, "Is it, is it my Switch that's the issue here?" Especially um, if yeah. you're going if you're going handheld, that just shrinks it down even more. And, and, and it shrinks it down even more. Exactly that's, right. Yeah. That sucks. Thank God I never bought that. <laughs> Again, <laughs> that I was I was listening to Digital Foundry's video about it, explaining why that that's the case. Like this was not the original Street Fighter; it was like the Xbox 360 port that was a certain resolution. So when they moved to this, it was this. And I'm like, ah, uh, uh, just just make it 16 yeah, resolution. Make it for the Switch, and then yeah, suddenly things yeah. are different. Especially you know charging that price, right? Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. You know, if they were going to do like 20 bucks, like okay, black bars. Yeah, I mean, it would it would still piss me off, but you know, it's for a much lesser price. Um, but we're talking, yeah, and for people that don't know, we're talking black bars for the up-res version, not the classic theme. That's obvious. Like, you're not going to change that. Keep it as the classic. Was it four three resolution? But yeah, I mean, black bars don't throw me off too bad. Like, I just um, a week ago completely binged through Jade Empire. Oh my god, that game is fucking good. Uh, it was my yeah. first time playing it. But um, I hooked up my 360 and I was playing on my TV with like giant black bars on the side. It was on a four by three. Like, you know, it looked pretty shitty. But, you know, if the game's good enough, I usually don't care. But when I'm paying 40 ish dollars or something like that, I feel like that pricing's off. Um, it's a whole different story. And Yeah, well, it's different. I mean, when you, when you go back and play all the games, you know, obviously it's, I'm fine with black bars. That's, that's different. But when a game is being sold nowadays, and you don't have it reached the edges of the of the screen. It's not game breaking for me. I'm like I'm like oh I can't play this. It just it's so ugly. But it's just one of those really small nitpicky things. That's all. You okay, Matty? Yeah, I was just laughing. Just, I don't know why. Like, have you ever heard someone say something and it repeats in your head? They're like, that was actually kind of funny. Because like, you were just like, <laughs> well, it's you. so it's so ugly like that. I was like, damn, he sounded really fucking passionate about that. <laughs> like, he sounded like he really believed that. It's like, it's like people that and anytime their game drops below 60 frames and I kind of get like this is, at, at times. Like, it's fucking unplayable! Yeah, yeah, like when it's it slightly dips to like 48, you're like, 
but like you get really anxious. You're like, stop, stop. I'm getting like, really shaking in your chair. <laughs> Dude, I, go, I, I I'm guilty of that. Like when I when I'm playing 16, it just drops. I'm like, oh no, stop, please. I'm like, I wait a so, second. I'm like, all right, recent recent story. I was I was playing Shadow of Mordor, and um, for a while, I think it was you know, my game was reaching 60 frames, so I turned off the frame rate counter. And then as we got to the second map, it dropped slightly, and I'm like, what's going on here? So I checked my frame rate counter. I was playing at like 45 45 frames for like an hour or so, thinking. Yeah, I knew there was something wrong. But then when I tried to get it back, apparently the whole time for my entire game, I was playing at like 55 frames and not noticing. So it doesn't matter unless you check the fucking frame rate counter every second. Yeah, that's why I leave mine off. I can tell when it goes from like 30 to, I mean, below 60 usually. But if it's yeah. like that subtle, like 55. If it's like single digit frames, yeah. yeah. It's like I don't even notice at that point. Um, yeah. On to our next topic. COD World War II Zombies recently got its reveal trailer. Uh, seemed a little more grotesque, horror? grim horror than usual. Um, I was like, oh, sorry, did I click on the Evil Within trailer? Yeah, I, I mean, was, literally. I was confused. I, um, do you keep in tune with the zombies community? If this, was this like a general direction the whole thing was trending in or something? Like, that's that's well, what confused me. I was like, is this supposed to be kind of shocking? Because... Oh, well, I was kind of memory, I mean, the the last zombies that I've I saw, it was like zombies, but not l- nice and colorful. Like the items were much more lively, I guess. I I don't know. I could be speaking at my ass here, but it seems like this shift is different, like completely different to zombies as we've seen it in the last game. Um, and and I think this is just a general trend with Call of Duty as a game. Like, the last games, like, you had in the multiplayer your characters dabbing and shit and, and colorful camos and, and and clothes and all of that stuff. So now, with World War Two, it's like the campaign is, is back to basics. It's nothing colorful. It's, it's just straight war. And Zombies is doing something very different, too. And I like that, to be honest. It's, it's fucking Zombies. It's reinventing the wheel, in a way. Yeah. There's a thing now that when you reinvent the wheel a little too much... You begin to lose an identity, or you you just make a what ends up being a flawed experiment. I feel. Um, I was never a fan of when Call of Duty. I, I don't want to say it was catering to a younger audience, but I feel like that's kind of what was happening because a lot of the stuff it was like this. It's just weird to me. It, it's weird when my characters can like. I guess it's kind of like Destiny, and it's funny after a while. But when you make your characters dance. It's it's just weird. It's just strange. Mm-hmm. And then all these real col- colorful camos and, and all that kind of stuff. I just, yeah. I completely just agree. Those... I, I liked what I saw in the trailer, though. It definitely left me curious. I you know, I yeah. was like, I kind of want to try that. But my, my thing is, like, the trailer is portraying it as this kind of, like, really heavy thing. But when we're actually sitting down and playing Nazi zombies, is it just going to be that typical, like, here's your score counter up top. Um, You know, it, it's... Like, the way they portrayed it was almost like you said. It was like, am I watching Evil Within? Like, it looked like that kind of survival horror where you were backed into a corner just lighting up whatever came in your path. Um, But, like, when you got this 200 ammo counted gun and you're just mowing down zombies, is it going to lose that flavor that it displayed in the trailer is what I'm kind of concerned about and also curious about more so than anything. What do you think, Eric? I'm talking too much. I've I've seen nothing on this at all. I haven't even seen the trailer, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I like... I, I don't. I, I like the last zombies. So if they change it, great. And if they don't, great. 
so I'll, I'll be interested to see the trailer. I, I just I didn't even know I saw Maddie's note, mm-hmm. and that was the first time I even realized that they had released something mm-hmm. new. I've been sort of had my head down doing some stuff. Um, I like the zombies games. I think that the only way that you're going to get the atmospheric change Maddie's talking about is by some mechanics changes. And I'm yeah, that's I mean I, I don't know if like, yeah I don't know if they'll do the, that. The actual DNA of Call of Duty. Right. It could be you know where they're they decide that that's you know the way to 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 do it too so i mean it's just it's all up in the air i've always felt that they're so different sometimes the single player and the multiplayer and the zombies that it's okay for them to experiment a little bit more though as well so if they are just experimenting with zombies that maybe you know i mean if they want to retain the kind of theme of the trailer in in zombies i think one of the major things that will have to change is the way zombies spawn because in previous games like Right. Sometimes they take forever to, to come into your area. Like, they'll take ages to break through the boards. I know eventually that becomes much quicker. Um, but I think if you're, if when you're playing, you had zombies that come out of the ground and grab you by the leg or just pop out out of fucking nowhere and try and legitimately scare you. And then, of course, focus on the story where it is this kind of fucked up, messed up theme. Then Imagine. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no I was saying. And then, then it has a better job of retaining that theme. I was. I agree. I was just thinking about like how would they do that, and it dawned on me one of the greatest like horror movies that I remember when I growing up uh, that had a moment like this, but the entire movie was was Poltergeist, um, where the the girl falls in the swimming pool and the fucking skeletons are coming up, and I'm like, it would be so cool if one of their levels was like a ski lodge that had been built on top of a cemetery. Like there was a reason for those guys coming through the ground. Because mm. one of the things that bothers me is, to me, horror doesn't work if you're just throwing scary stuff on the screen. In fact, that, that's where I laugh. I, that's what I find funny. So yeah. to me, horror has to make sense and logistically make sense and go like, okay, this is why these characters are here. This is what's going on. This is why this could possibly happen. I love your idea of them coming out of the ground. I mean, the idea of like, if you're in a wood cabin, like the evil dead, you're running around and they're coming through the ground because you know this is all like a, you know, a, a, an old graveyard. That kind of stuff would be fantastic. I just don't know if they're, they're catered to people like me. There's that middle ground that they always go to, which is visuals. They don't mm-hmm. go to the, the fiction. They don't go, okay, we need to have a reason for this a lot of times. And yeah. so for a lot of us, it's just like, eh, it's just zombies. It's just slower. And then, and then we move on. So it's going to be interesting to see. Man. see I, I would I love for them to dive building in. Building off of that theme of trying to keep that horror vibe from the trailer into the new zombies... Uh, you know, in the beginning of every Zombies match, you're always, you're aiming for the headshots. You're trying right. to conserve ammo for the later rounds and also rack up points because you get more for headshots, I believe. I mean, some people will shoot the leg and knife, but regardless. Um, and I wonder if perhaps you give less ammo. Perhaps it's not just on the wall. You actually have to find it. Um, not just through the, the random drops on Zombies, but, you know, there's a different way to acquire ammo that makes it into a much more survival-focused experience. Because that's the thing, is the, the tense nature of surviving in Nazi zombies would still be there, but the mechanics, like you said, Carrick, if you really want that, you know, maybe they could change it that way. So it's yeah. about finding ammo constantly. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes you do get low on ammo, but usually, like, someone's going to drop an ammo box, um, or you can just grab it off the wall, something along those lines. And so I was thinking, like, well, maybe if it's just a, a much more scarce resource... Um, I mean, that's the key to really any survival horror game. Just make the resources really right. scarce and precise and when they need them. And uh, it makes all the difference. And, but that's, sure. that's the thing. That's a big mechanic change for zombies. Exactly. I mean, no, that's what we were saying is it's huge. Like, I don't know if they do but that. I, I, exactly. And, and I don't think they 
do it or sh- I don't think they should do it because especially when you're playing zombies at, at bigger rounds where th- th- this is how it goes down, right? You get to a certain point where you have to find your nice loop, right? You're looping around, you- you're trailing a bunch of zombies and you have a loop where you can always pick up ammo with a, with a pretty reliable gun. And that's the way you're progressing to like rounds 30, 40, 50. Like when I was doing Doris and like I haven't got like real high, but playing on round 70, that's what you have to do otherwise you're not surviving right and if if i couldn't get enough ammo that would be fucking disaster Mm -hmm. like you you couldn't play at those higher rounds if if ammo was that scarce here's the thing correct but those higher rounds i mean that's that's really a self-limiting system if if you can't get to those higher rounds then more people aren't getting to those higher rounds thus lower rounds are higher so i mean they could do that yeah. They, if you're getting to 70s yeah. and they're like, we're going to make this hard, you can only and and there's more of a sense of accomplishment getting to 30 than 70. That might pull in a particular type of gamer that they're looking for. I think our question is, is like, what are they looking for? Are, are, see, is this, this real? Is the thing, I guess. Though, I mean, is this a real change? Well, even even with the current zom- zombies, it is a challenge to get to 30. It's a challenge to get to to 25 if you don't know what you're doing, right? The the ch- the skill in going from a 30 to 40 to 50 to 60 is being able to have the res- like you have to resource manage a little bit like you can't just be wasting your pack a punch ammo like crazy yeah. right because it's so expensive to 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 re up and, and get your ammunition back but the yeah. thing is it's still possible when you're at those later levels and you still need to have the skill to be able to trail a bunch of zombies if you didn't have ammo or a lot of ammo completely there's nothing you can do about that you need ammo and, and, and at the very least with zombies as it for, from the last zombies game that I played you were still able to pretty easily get ammo. Even if it wasn't with your best gun, it was still a gun off a wall that you could still try and kill some zombies. Yeah. So, I don't... It's a big change. If, if the other thought I had was that um, when you look at World War... World at War zombies, which was set in the World War Two era where it all originated, that was a much different zombies compared to Black Ops, Very which I different. thought was still good zombies, but, like, it's always been pretty good as far as I'm concerned when it came to Treyarch. But, uh... Yeah. You know, the World at War Zombies was a much more serious take. Um, yeah, I, I remember, like, on a... Um, fuck. What was the name of that? The Nino Shima? Something like that? Uh, ni- Hold up. Uh, yeah, I gotta know the name. Nino... Ni- Shinonuma. Shinonuma, okay. Um, on that map, there was, like... Right in the beginning, there was three radios you can activate, and they started talking about, like, Darius and... It's it was yeah. like a really serious kind of thing that really set the tone of like oh fuck like this is some real shit and so I'm wondering if like maybe they're trying to establish like we're even going back to the roots with zombies and that's why they portrayed a more serious I wouldn't say scary but uh, more intense kind of trailer rather than just like him mowing down zombies having like a good time and stuff like that as we've seen in the I mean, past. It, it could just be incorporated in the in the Easter egg slash story um, part of the of the map. That they're talking about. I mean, there is I mean, a, a, a the thing though is and I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but it just hit me is that I mean there is people who now just predominantly buy Call of Duty for zombies, no story yeah, on multiplayer. Yeah, so course, yeah. you're, you're selling to another specific audience there too. Exactly. And if you're changing up that formula for them, or you know, what are they thinking? Are they like, all right, I'm down with this? I mean, that's the other. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of target audience. There's the people you want to draw in. Who only buy it for zombies? There are people you want to draw in who want to give zombies a try. We've kind of played it casually, you know. And then there's just the hardcore zombies community in general. Um, just a lot of if ands or buts tied to the situation. 
I, I think this is just really down to them being a little bit creative with the marketing and new people that come into the zombies, if they haven't played zombies a thousand times before, they might get scared a little bit. The story <laughs> part of the of the map would be interesting. But people that played it a thousand times, you know, are just going to take the... Mar- I, I think anyways, mostly, people will take the marketing for what it is and understand that they will try... Like, that's the kind of story that they're trying to tell. But they probably won't mess with the mechanics too much. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah, it's possible we could just be looking way too deep into it. But still, I just... I, I mean, it was just very different. From, very different from what we've yeah, no, it was. Seen, in the, was. seen in the past with zombies. I, I think it's just another example of them going back to their roots. Which is great. <clears throat> yeah, it is. It definitely is. So, we were talking about Telltale a little bit earlier. Uh, this past weekend, they announced a lot of games. Um, they finally announced Season 2 of... Uh, or rather, I think it's just called The Wolf Among Us 2. Um, is, yeah. And then they announced Season 2 of Batman. And then they also announced uh, the final season of The Walking Dead. So, those are three pretty major announcements... Um, let's start off with The Wolf Among Us. For me, like, I liked the Batman Telltale series. Um, it's just for me, episodic gaming, I've realized, doesn't hook me. Like, I'll play that first episode and go, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm totally gonna play more of this. And I fucking don't. And so, uh, I, I really liked the first episode of the Batman Telltale series. Uh, stopped right after that. Where The Wolf Among Us was the only one I was really invested in. Played the shit out of it. Love that one. So hearing that there's finally a sequel. Finally, finally, finally. What do you guys think about The Wolf Among Us? We'll start off with that. Can't wait. Carrie, you can go. I haven't played it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, man, that first one is fantastic. So mm-hmm. to me, it's different than the, uh, you know, it's a different style of game than the others. So, and I, and I like, they already were trying the duality of like Batman and Bruce Wayne in uh, Wolf Among Us because of the character that you can turn into, you know, mm-hmm. and then the character you are. And well, all the characters in that world technically are sort of a duality because Absolutely. they're fantasy characters living in a real world. So, uh, to me, it was the most out there and the least covered fiction of all the stuff that they do. Minecraft, everybody knows what that is. You know, there's all these things everybody knows, but not a lot of people know that comic. And so I can't wait. Um, but I like their game. I mean, I don't love all their games, but I know what they're I, I sort of know what they're aiming for. So I, I'll just sort of sit back and, and hope that they're generally good. I think that your idea of um, episodic not capturing is probably a combination of well episodic not capturing you like normal but also their release pattern is is fairly long it needs to episodic see it's called an episode and if i say episode to you guys right if we were all in a room and i said the term episode how long most people would say weekly yeah that's that's the way it is talked about this armor and it's so unpredictable that it's unpredictable it needs to be they need to work on this and my hope is they have or are, but where they've got it sort of plotted out so that they, they almost know exactly. And I'm going to tell you right now, I do believe this, that if a company ever figures out a way to do every two weeks, you know, and, and oh, really make sweet. it worthwhile, it would be. Because that would, for example, think about it this way. Video game, Friday podcast, next week, next video game, next week, Friday podcast. Like, that's the way people work. We, we do like to engage in, in discussion. But if you're talking for three months... Pretty soon, somebody's like, what the fuck? I don't even remember. I, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to who are like, I don't remember the first episode of this game because the, the release date's so separated. So yeah. I, they need to be truncated down a, a great deal. A great I mean, deal. I mean, really, uh, it's not quite the same, but it's like playing a single-player game and 
and then just stop for, it. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, you play for a week and you stop for a month and then you play yeah. again. I it just I I wouldn't understand what's going on. I mean, I forget shit that happens after a week of playing. Like, oh, <laughs> if I haven't played a game for a week, I come back into it thinking, oh, okay, that's what's happening. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know what I mean? Mechanics too, dude. I mean, that's I don't a, know that's a tie reason Mechanics why are every a bitch sometimes. For me, yeah, it's the but, characters, because there's <clears throat> there's so many stories with so many characters that you got to exactly. remember that only the the true top tier ones just get retained. And you know, for these episodic games that could have these top tier characters that you really can remember when it's just spaced out in this like, okay, we're gonna wait two months, then a month, then another two months, and it's like so awkwardly spaced out, they don't stick with you as long. Where unlike most games, where you sit down and you play at your own pace. I mean, this is exactly why almost every TV episode is like, and here's what happened last time, yeah. Dragon Ball Z, and they'll and they'll update it for you because they understand people don't remember everything. Oh well, yeah, you got a life to fucking live outside of it. So well, no, you got to fucking study. Uh, you you yeah, got to study your TV episodes. When I did um, the last review I did for one of these, uh, the jo- the joke I made was, um, d- you know, they're saying every choice matters. So and so will remember. Well, guess what? I don't fucking remember. <laughs> so you can you can alert me that Scott Porter is going to fucking remember a star lord I did something but I won't even have any clue what decision was made. And that's yeah. the honest truth and I have a pretty good memory for games but like and and how many times have we jumped into that sequel and they'll they'll say last time on blah blah blah. That's great but it can't cover everything and it certainly doesn't cover uh, every choice. And Yakuza. So, Yakuza does a really good job from what I That's I've not seen. episodic. That's no, not. I'm game. just saying when we I thought you we were talking generally of uh no, I'm talking about titles. the longer period of time yeah, no, trying absolutely. to cover it in a yeah. last week. Last week on Supernatural or a special episode yeah, yeah, of Blossom yeah, yeah. is far different than last year on a special episode of Blossom. You're like, who the <laughs> yeah. fuck's Blossom? That's the thing. You know, <laughs> I, I was just doing some some research on the the Wolf Among Us two, and it's at, it's not even the Wolf Among Us two. It's actually Telltale's calling oh. it season two. They're saying this new season will begin a fresh story arc for its returning cast of characters featuring. The return of Adam Harrington as Big B Wolf and Aaron Yvette as Snow White. Awesome. Do, do you know oh, what I man. say the problem at Telltale is? And this is not necessarily a criticism. Exactly. They're, they're taking on so many different projects. Like, I, I can't even list them all. Wolf Among Us, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Batman, um, Borderlands. Dead. Here's this, the thing, though. Like, I agree, Lunch. I agree, but you know what? They've also had some pretty good releases lately because Batman is pretty fucking good. Yeah. And yeah. as a game, as a game, it's better than Guardians for sure if we're considering the Telltales. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I agree. No, I mean, I totally agree. They are taking on a ton. I, I don't know who's working on what, like how many teams they have. Um, but I will say this. They need to cash in some of their motherfucking Bitcoin and fix their engine. Because that shit needs to be done ASAP. They need to make that. They need to fix that engine and get it running on consoles at sixty frames per second, or at the very minimum, at a locked thirty. There. The last one was it hit eighteen. It hit eighteen. Eighteen. <laughs> the only thing nice. worth eighteen is a chick, and that's it. Like eighteen <laughs> is unacceptable in a video game, right? Isn't it? Eighteen yeah. frame rate. Uh, yeah, no, that's I, Dragon's I, Dogma. I, agree. I, agree. I love Dragon's Dogma, but I, seriously, I know, I know. Frame yeah, rate. The, the, frame I rate. forgot about that. I have, I have fond memories. <laughs> it was bad. Sometimes. But eighteen frames is cinematic in a tale. <laughs> oh, I forgot <laughs> about the Ubisoft saying that. Holy fuck! Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. that's the other thing. It's been since I think 2014 that the Wolf Among Us came out. 
Um, yeah. I mean, we got a huge gap to catch up on. Did, does Telltale expect everyone to be like, yeah, you remember. Let's pick it up now. Or like, how do they recap that one? Last time. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. But then they have to account for all your choices. So then that's a bunch of cutscenes before the game even starts. And You know what I yeah. think they'll do? You, you, you got a good point. I, I think you, you, you'll replay it. But I think what they'll probably do is have whatever has happened will be not necessarily climatic change but a big enough change that they'll be able to sort of just start from one again sort of like what we hope kingdom hearts 3 is where it's like okay let's solidify and let's use this as as our floor because they're calling it season you said yeah they are i was looking it up that's not what i expected because that could indicate that their idea is if it does well you know we'll put these things together for season three i I was not expecting it to be called wolf among us season two was the first one called season or is it just called wolf among us the wolf among us Wolf among us. Everyone thought it was going to be a one-off. We won't spoil it for you, just because of like how how the game ended. We were all just like, okay, like you know. And is, the is comic book was it, was it episode <laughs> yeah, it one, episode two, three, four, yeah. five? Oh, I'm sure. I'm yeah, sure. Or I know was. it was or act. It was chapter, act, or episode. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just it's such Dude, a big gap, and I think Telltale has the the tear that uh, out of all companies. I mean, a lot of companies do, but like when. With any game company, rather, uh, when your IP is popular, your your content is popular. There's this demand, and they're trying to constantly supply and right. take on more and more. But then to remake their engine, they'd have to pretty much stop, or like you know, it'd be so jarring to go halfway. Like you know, let's say they do four seasons of Batman, they go two seasons in, they switch endings. So someone who's playing the first two seasons, like this is pretty good, yeah, 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 and then, like they transfer transfer into this engine, and they're like, holy fuck, this looks good, you yeah. Know? So I mean, like, it like, be a little jarring. I, I agree, but you have to. I mean, yeah, you, yeah. at some point, you do have to. Un, if Unreal can do it, and Unity can do it, and Unity, if, if those if those engines can do it, you would assume that they could hire with their massive amount of money. We've talked about this before. If somebody really wants it done, I think Lone just said this earlier, if they really wanted to do it, it would get done. He was talking about uh, Nintendo and yeah. releasing certain games. I think if they really wanted to do it, they would figure out a way to gently yeah. move people, you know, for example, four years, right? Wolf Among Us. What if they said, okay, Wolf Among Us is the new, yeah. the new hotness. It's the new thing. It's the new generation of Telltale. And that's the start of the new engine. Uh, a Walking Dead 3 will be the old engine because that's in this group. And then you got Batman 2. Maybe Batman 3 will still be in this old engine. But it's like you do have a sort of a separation. You could you could in- interject yeah. this this update. Because, dude, it, it's it, terrible. Yeah, it, it is just tough, I can see, for smaller developers like that. Because, te- like, Telltale's, like, not that big. I mean, when you're talking about massive engine changes, EA had a hard enough time changing the engine for FIFA. And they're EA. You know, there are thousands of people in that in that studio. So I could see why there's something like, for a smaller studio, not just, you know, getting the new engine up and running, but having every employee get used to it and actually understand the new engine and make a good game at the same time. It's it's a big ask, and obviously that's why they're delaying it, but if they need to do it, they need to do it. They have 600 people, which I think is pretty big. It's I mean, pretty big, but it's not like, in the grand scheme of things, that's probably mid to high tier. It, I, it's not that big. It, well, what I'm saying is I agree with you by terms of people but then yeah. you also look at the game this isn't fifa they, they don't have animations hooked into sound effect it's literally a, yeah. a graphic novel 
which yeah. so 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 one is up one is down sort of i, I mean I, I guess the thing is is at some point they have to i mean that's I, all i, I agree thing I think because yeah. yeah. we, we've seen the data that suggests like <laughs> graphics really help sell a game more than anything else so it's like are they afraid okay we update the engine for this one license this one license sells like crazy and does everyone else leave the remainder of the series in the dust is that what they're afraid of i mean well that's why I, I you don't know it, it, they've got it they've got a good time to do yeah. this you got you know i think but yeah I, and also graphics i mean i don't know about you i don't think maddie reviews these but i review most of them if i get a chance and i'm gonna tell you right now the number one complaint like the first thing i can guarantee you won't be first on youtube it'll be you know runs at 12 frames per sec i mean it's mm-hmm. it's literally the joke and it reminds me of mass yeah. effect one on the 360 where everybody's face drew in a good seven seconds after you entered the game world <laughs> with Unreal until they fix that. And I, I just think there's a lot of things that need to get fixed with that engine. And also, you can't tell me that if the engine is old graphically and all these other things, then it couldn't be also impacting some of the gameplay ads maybe some of their devs want to put in. Mm, because yeah. their competition is beating them out. Even Oxenfree, which isn't set up the same way, still beat the shit out of them. And then you have uh, Life is Strange, which I know some people don't love or whatever, but it, it's considered to be the next level of these kind of games, Telltale can't continue to release paintings in a movie era. Like, at some point, they have to be like, okay, yeah, we're going to jump forward, too. Uh, I just don't know when they'll do it. I mean, like Lone said, maybe they're too small. Like, I don't know, maybe. Or or maybe they need to buy an engine. Unreal? Yeah. And just say... Yeah, sw- swap to Unreal? Yeah. That'd be an interesting I mean, change. That would definitely be can really you imagine Swap to much- Unity! Guys, how much better would it look, though? I mean, like, or sort of Borderlands. What's Borderlands run on? Borderlands. What's that? Oh. What's that engine? Borderlands engine. Sorry, I, I don't think it's any... Is it Destinia? Or there's, a like, a term... Oh, like, it is Unreal. Well, there you go. Okay, yeah, I, I thought it was Unreal, but I wasn't so sure. So there you go, right? I mean, yeah, so, and that shows so you can make good cell shaded right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's up to them, oh, I guess. That's another one, guys. Who played Borderlands? The Borderlands one was a, there were some okay episodes in that too. The mm-hmm. the Telltale Borderlands. Did you, either one of you guys? I played. Um, what did I, play? I think oh, I played. The, I think that was another one. I played the first episode. I've reviewed. I was like, yeah, I'm on board. I love Borderlands, and I was like, okay. <laughs> and then six it. months later, yeah, they released I was episode say, two. That was the one game I do. Now that you say that, that was like outside of uh, Batman. That was the one that was. I, I remember playing. I was it. so ready for the next episode. And I waited and waited and waited. I think it was like two <laughs> or three months. I want to say I'm I'm not exaggerating because that's I, cause I each remember, episode is a season. I remember waiting. A full, <laughs> I remember waiting a, the first time a, a full month, just hoping they'd announce it. And I, I don't know right. when they actually did, but um, yeah, it, it that was one that fucking shocked the life out of me. Well, I, I mean, this is why Netflix, like, and this is why I love Netflix. When they release mm. a new season, they just drop all the fucking episodes, or at the very least, they drop, like, four episodes, and then you'll get a bunch more really quickly. I, as much as I, it, it's fun with Game of Thrones, they they release one episode a week, and everyone gets excited for the next one. They talk about it over the space of however many weeks, but I kind of like Netflix when they're like, here's just everything, binge watch it. Enjoy that, that's so much better for me because I, I prefer being able to watch an episode straight away as opposed to waiting for a week. It, it builds up uh, suspense and excitement and all that. I get that. But it, if we're talking about the enjoyment of the, of the series, I'd prefer to watch it straight away. And also, I mean, wouldn't you agree that just timing-wise, it's probably sometimes a little easier to set aside four or five hours to watch a couple episodes versus exactly. one hour every week? 
And I yeah. like both. I'm a big fan of both kind of yeah. of, of deliveries. Like I love both, and and you, uh, we could argue for hours about which one's better because I I like yeah. both equally. Okay. But I would agree that it would be nice. If, okay. if they were just like here, here Matt is all smile on his face. Yep. I, I'm assuming this is how many months different between releases. I was not was exaggerating. Let's just say <laughs> I, I know you. I know you because I, I, I thought insane. like okay maybe I was just like you know some some type of fucking memory faux pas. No. All right. So this game came out, uh, and by this game I mean Tales of the Borderlands. Episode one released November 25th, 2014. Now we scroll down. Episode two was not out until March seventeenth yeah. of twenty fifteen. Yeah, and then it's, after that, that they got a happen. steady schedule. After that, it was steady. It was Damn. June, August, October. But well, and life is strange was more steady, which might have been why they succeeded too. Um, I think you have to be steady, even if it's if it's monthly, um, it, it, weekly, whatever. It has to be steady, or all at once, like Lone said. I, it, it would be weird to see a game because I think. Uh, unfortunately, gamers are dead set against DL or dead set against episodic released all at one time. They feel that there's something. Well, then, then it's just like a normal unfair. game, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah that's game. what they say. But then, yeah. then what is Game of Thrones? Just a ten-hour fucking movie? Like, I mean, at some it point, pretty much is. Uh, well, no, I, I but I'm saying, but I don't yeah. hate it more. I don't like dislike yeah. it. Yeah, I see what you mean. You, you know what I mean? Um, it's just, but strange. I think the difference is, is I pay Thrones. Netflix one payment. I think that's the big difference, and you'll never be able to explain to a gamer that Netflix for $10 a month gives me all of these things in all these different ways, or each game episode from each different company, yeah, yeah, I have yeah. to pay separate. And then people start hedging, and they're like, okay, wait. And I, I think that's just games. Like, it's just the way they're I mean, the closest just thing to Netflix to game for deliver. gaming is uh, the Xbox Game, game. Pass. They recently added right. a bunch of new games to that, so I'm glad that that's doing well. All right. Uh, good news. Ne- good news. Regardless, yeah. I'm happy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, actually, before we we move on, I, I realized I got a little off track. Um, was there anything you guys want to say about Batman or final season of The Walking Dead? No, I'm good. No, you good? I'm excited. You, you good, Lone? You good? There you go. Does Lone do, Lone doesn't play uh, Telltale games, right? I'm assuming. No, no. Um, so Batman, I can't wait for. I really thought that um that the the last Batman game was actually very fun, very enjoyable to just sit back and play. Cool. So I'm stoked for that. When it comes to um, Walking Dead, I'm sorry. It, season one was amazing. I really enjoyed season one, and then after that, I haven't really liked yeah. them ever as much. I think season one's main protagonist. I'm not a big fan of Clementine, and I know a lot of people right now are are sending mail my way, but I, I was much more of a fan of Lee. Right? Was it Lee? Yeah, Maddie. Yeah, Lee. Uh, and so to me, that's a little less important. Mm-hmm. The Batman's exciting. Yeah, I mean, what I'm happy about is that, you know they're finally wrapping it up, right? Like, yeah, the, is this like the first Telltale series that they're like, this is the last one? Yeah, you know. Yes. So that's that's going to be interesting to see how they plan on wrapping up a story of theirs. Oh no, wait, sorry, tell, uh, uh, Borderlands. They they did wrap up Borderlands at the end. Oh, it was just one. With the, that was just a one time thing. In uh, for the way it came, the way it all came, it, it would be a one time thing. Yeah. Okay. If you just look at the way the story is, I would be really surprised if they ever use those same characters as another season. I could be wrong, but they're just it, setting up for Borderlands Three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, Talk about that. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm hoping we get more news soon on that. Um, 
Next, we'll talk about the Destiny beta. Did anyone have the pleasure of playing that one? Nope. I, I did. You did, Carrick. I'd love to get your thoughts on this one. Did you, Maddie? I did. Yeah, Maddie's a bit cold on it. Oh, um, well, I, I can't tell if you're joking, but I am. Um, I, so I, I did post yesterday that uh, it sort of it didn't really grab me. Uh, I liked some elements of it, like the, the uh, weather particles and stuff, the rain and some scenes were fucking like there. It definitely was a step above some of the environmental. I guess that sort of solidifies you in the spot and you're like, OK, I'm here. That was cool. Some of the enemy designs were really cool. But it's not really destiny right now because what they showed was the same. It was linear for everybody. There wasn't there wasn't a lot of like this flexibility yet. Mm-hmm. And so what I saw for the beta was like, okay, that's a level of destiny one or two. It's two, obviously. That's what they're calling it. So I'm okay with that. But I didn't really get a feel of destiny as a game because of that beta. It's one of the first betas where I felt that, where I'm like, okay, it didn't show me yeah, what actually is like the looting all too right. much. It right. was very... That's the thing, is I, I agree completely. The first thing that, that called my attention, even with the first Destiny, was the environments. You know, I, I always said yep. with Destiny 1, if there's anything that you want to say about Destiny, it's that they made a world that made you want to explore it. But I found right. myself with that same issue, and I'm not expecting a beta to fucking flesh out all the, the lore and stuff. But, um, you know, especially because it's kind of good timing because I'm playing Borderlands, and now, oddly, Borderlands is being constantly compared to Destiny, and I'm like, look, yeah, I get the shooting, looting kind of aspect, but... Borderlands at least has purpose to their characters, and because of that, I was more apt to notice. Borderlands is better too. Yeah, uh, I I was trying to avoid saying that, but (laughs) um, you know, Borderlands all all bias aside. What I'm saying though is that, for example, you run into a named enemy in Borderlands. He has some type of quest purpose. He's there for a reason. We were talking about this earlier, where like you know, we have this house built on top of a cemetery. That's why arms are coming up and grabbing you. Yeah, right. You know, you look at Destiny 2, and I'm fighting this guy who was named whatever, and I don't really know his purpose at all. And I'm not just talking, ladies and gentlemen, about, like, the boss at the end of the strike. I'm sure he has some type of purpose that I'm unaware of as a very casual, really not interested in Destiny at all type of player. Um, but, like, when I bump into these mini-bosses, they're just kind of there. So what they essentially end up being is a name with a ton of health, and that justifies their extra health, so they, they're just a bullet sponge. And that eventually shows that it's just lacking mechanics, too, because they serve no narrative purpose, and then they're just kind of there to pad along the process, you know, keep it going a little bit longer. Um, like, oh, boy, guys, here we go, because, you know, it's a co-op game. You know, here we go, here's a little boss. It's like he's just there for the sake of being a boss. He's not serving any purpose. And it's not that like every character has to have this major narrative reason for being there, but at least make some sense as to why this guy is important in... in why he's so tough to kill on top of everything else. Is he just a higher-ranking commander? Like, those names didn't really suggest that, you know, because they had those mystical, like, Jarl, the the Ballcraft king. I don't fucking know. You know, some shit like that. So huh. that was the first thing that kind of threw me off. I like the PvP. I'll say that much. I like the PvP. I liked it in the first one, uh, you know, because Bungie, Halo. I, I was, I'd be shocked if the PvP wasn't fun. Um one thing I did notice from what I've seen online, what I've talked to with a couple of friends who play Destiny a lot, is um, that they did reuse a lot of mechanics. They did reuse a lot of assets in certain uh, enemy designs. They looked cool, but like a mask, for example, instead of it being uh, made out of like bone, it was kind of metallic. But it was the same model from the previous game, but it was put onto a different enemy with a different name. 
So it's little things like that where I was like, okay, like that's where you actually start establishing a Destiny 1.5 complaint. Um, and I'm not trying to justify it. I want to give the game a fair chance. But yeah, overall, I wasn't really... I've just kind of established, you know, the, the game's not for me. You know, I, I'm not going to... I don't think I'm going to yeah. like it, even if I want to, uh, which I try to with all these games. I try to approach it fair, open-minded, clean slate. Let's see, you know, because like you don't want to hate the popular thing, right? You don't want to be that guy. It's like, you know, because it just looks like you're just, like, mongering for fucking attention. It's like, guys, look, I don't like what you like, you know. But it, uh, it's just, I, I it feels so samey. You know, I was instantly, after the first half hour, very disengaged. Uh, especially because what I was playing was stuff I had already seen. Um, it seems like they're trying to hide a lot of this game. A lot of the, the core, like you said, you weren't getting a feel for Destiny and Destiny 2. Some main things that we expect in a Destiny game uh especially the social hub they're only having that out for an hour just like one hour and it's like why are you hiding these things we want destiny to grow um obviously it's very popular but we want new players to come in to give it a chance and you know it's like just a lot of things feel hidden unexplained shoved to the side uh that's just the feeling i'm getting with it so far i I wasn't too sold on the beta and it's a shame you know it it looks like a game that uh is going to be kind of serving the same purpose the first one did which carrick you said this it it doesn't really surprise me because you know it's such a fucking well-selling franchise right it's just i want to get in on the fun and it wasn't doing it for me yeah i mean it'll be also be interested interesting if they um if that's just a bad beta which has happened before a lot of the fps's that i've played have had betas where i'm like oh this isn't working or betas that are great and then you go into the main game you're like Uh. yeah this is not so that could happen too. Um, I will say one thing. I just, I just, and I'll call it out if it occurs. But there has to be, and this is not against Maddie, but he brought it up. So I, I do want to talk about asset reuse for one second. Go for it. Um, yeah. pe- people's fucking heads don't suddenly change shape. So a helmet may mm-hmm. be somewhat the same shape between two characters. Here is the problem for me about like the helmet comment and why I agree with Maddie. It's because they didn't show differences enough in the beta to make it feel like two not necessarily the asset reuse or the changing of a texture on a model that's okay if those other things loft it up that's the way that's, that's, yeah, that's how see, creation is done reusage in a lot of games exactly and, and that's the way that's the way it should happen because you want devs to not go out and re-record an m16 because m16 fucking bullets suddenly sound different you're an idiot they don't sound yeah. different oh they only sound different if you got a bad sample so some of those things need to be shared. A lot of people say Dice is amazing for their audio. Well, guess what? Guess who reuses, reuses their audio? They don't go and re-record a new fucking yeah. Star Wars laser nah. shot. Like, how stupid are you? They but take the sounds time, from movies. <laughs> That's what they did. But at the same time, what, what Maddie hit on that makes perfect sense is that we're, some are focusing on that because the beta didn't mystically move things forward the way we expected. I'm going to be honest, something I miss in games, it happened a little bit in Halo, it's happened in Gears for sure, but one thing I love in my first-person shooter isn't a fucking title on a character. It is where you see that character, that new bad guy being made, like, or you hear about it, where the NPCs are like, there's this, there's, you know, this bunker and something crazy is going, and you go down, and that new bad guy is introduced from that point on, and you, like, you get a feeling of fiction where he's being built He's being built up, not just popping into your game world as I'm a gold dude, you know, mm-hmm. with with a special name. Yeah. And that's the thing. They had such a chance for some of those characters to, like, have you go into 
uh, a location where they were being built or put together, like where weird things were going on to where these bad guys were being created to be badasses. That's the thing. You can't be a badass if nobody knows your fucking history. You're just a dude. Exactly. Right? I mean, that makes no, it makes no sense. It. So yeah. well, we fought a bunch of dudes who looked cool. Well, that doesn't really mean shit. And uh, so gamers pick up on other stuff, asset reuse, uh, and those which are viable for sure at that point, because you start wondering where the resources are. People view those types of complaints as like nitpicky, but it's like I I, I always I got to use it as an example just because I've been recently playing at Borderlands. I mean, really, in the scheme of things, your mission mission structure in Borderlands is go here, kill that or go here, collect that. But how key the writing is, the context of what you're doing, like New Vegas. Yeah, New Vegas. The Bullymon mission where you're you're going around for Sir Hamelock. You're killing sure. a bunch of bully monks for him for his almanac. He's like, we're going to call him boner farts now. And it's like, hey, I'm just killing these things, really, in the scheme of things. It's like, kill 15 yeah. of them, now kill 10 of them. It's really just a simplistic gameplay mechanic. But because of what's happening, because of what Sir Hammerlock's saying, how funny it is, you know, it's... Which are totally, three? Yeah, it's totally different. You know, I, I yeah. say that all the time. For example, we see this predator vision, or as you call it, the Vietnam vision... And non vision in, in mafia. so many games, but when it makes sense, like Horizon Zero Dawn, you know, you have this right. little thing on the side of your head. It makes sense why you can see all this shit. It makes sense, so it's not ridiculous. Batman, you know, you got the uh, I forgot what it was called. Sonar. Investigation mode. It's got like yeah, yeah investigation. It kind of makes sense. Batman is a detective. You know, he's good at investigating, so it makes sense. He's got that. It, that's the thing. Is what I'm getting at. Is like. If we're shooting, like, yeah, I'd just be repeating what you said. Yeah, you know, he's not badass just because he's got a cool name and he glows gold. I want to know what made him such a special character. And we don't need this whole in-depth thing. Like you said, it could just be a little audio cue as you're turning the corner. A couple of guards are standing outside talking about it, you know, because it's during an invasion. So they're establishing waypoints. It's like, oh, hey, this guy's going to be here in a second. Yeah, remember what he did last time we did something like this? You know, Look at Halo where with Guilty Spark continually traveling with you and saying little one-liners about what was going on. And the entire time you're just like, what is go- – holy shit, what's happening? Mm. And then the flood shows up and you start seeing – and you're like, what mm. is going on? I mean the yeah. thing totally changes. And it changes because – not because you encounter the flood first. You don't. Other people do. And you see it happen. And they kill everybody in seconds. And you're like, what just – Holy shit, they're badass. They're scary as fuck. And so from that point on, when you encounter them, you already have a predetermined re- response that you're going to have. And yeah. it just, in this beta, there was no, the predetermined response was unfortunately the same response anybody already had from one. So if they were going into it negative, they were most likely not seeing much. And if they went into it and they were like, I want more, they were seeing that. And I just hope it's a bad beta because if it's not, I mean, this is another big series that um, had a lot of chance, and I would, I, I really would like to see those kind of games succeed because I like those kind of games. Well, that's the thing is like a, a good example of uh, because it gave us the what I assume is the first mission of the story, and right. um, I'm glad they didn't give too much away. I would have liked to see more, but you know, I look at like a, a demo like Near Automata, like that. The reason I really, I mean, I, I was hearing how good the game was from reviewers, but I wasn't like rushing to get it. Then I heard about the demo. I tried the demo. I was like, this is really good. And that was the first mission of the game. And it left me at a point where I was like, I want to know what the sure. fuck happens after they use the black box. It's like, I need to get in on that. With Destiny 2, um, it did one thing that I'm not going to critique Destiny 2 for this specifically, but it did one thing that a lot of narratives do that I never understand, which is, you know, this badass 
uh, bad guy is coming around. He's killing everything in sight. Then he gets to you. And he's like, I'm going to play with this guy. And he's going to do the one thing that definitely won't finish you off and like kick you off a ledge. And, and you're going to live undoubtedly and come back and make him rude a day. And those types of things just always, I'm like, why did he in decide? Fiction, there's a name for that, Maddie. It's called Obscure Death. There's actual a name in fiction okay. for what you just described, and you are absolutely right. That obscure death pisses most people off, whether it be an enemy, villain, getting kicked off a ledge and coming back for revenge, or the main player. Mm-hmm. That shit's ancient. That shit's like, it's on papyrus. So it doesn't need your to guy be written just kneels, again. He looks down <laughs> up at the, like this huge, right. hulking figure, intimidating guy. I'm like, oh, he's going to he pick me up and break my neck or something like that. Nope, motherfucker just kicks me off. I'm like, I'm alive. I'm yeah, all he good. To- he tows you off a cliff, basically. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's why I like, um, like Mass Effect. You know, it makes sense in the beginning of Mass Effect Two. You're you completely die. You're done. Yeah. But Cerberus finds you, and it's a whole different thing. They bring you back to life. They they force you into life, and you're almost like put into service for them. So it sets up all the narrative there. Uh, so that's that's just one thing. It's really not Destiny Two in particular, but when I see that in games, I'm instantly disconnected because yeah. I'm like, this guy didn't really do anything to me. He could have killed me. He chose not to, and so it just makes him an idiot. I just think lower of him. Yeah, right. Well, and you're a big Destiny fan. Any anything you want to throw in? I just I hadn't didn't have time to play the beta. I know this it's open beta this weekend, isn't it? But it's not on PC. Correct. Mm. PC is later. Mm. Mm. That's another thing. That'll be interesting to see how that. See, that's one thing they Look, should beta test to see, you know, how the ports work. And well, the main thing for PC for me is, you know, uh, the the force feedback that they've already said recoil is going to be almost removed completely because a mouse and recoil yeah, doesn't work very well. That. That's going to be really weird because I was just experimenting with those mouse to keyboard adapters, and one of the uh, we were playing Destiny with the PS4 one. And one of my friends just, that's, he loves it. And I'm like, I hate this because when I fire, the fucking barrel's doing this and you're, you're like scrolling down with the, oh, it's just uh. terrible. You, you can't hold it. You can't hold it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I, like, I don't know. I, I want to see it because I think PC's where it's going to be at for its look and what it can do. Um, yeah. But it, it's going to be interesting to see like how they, how they adjust things and how it feels, like w- how much different it'll feel. Or not feel. Yeah, like I said, I hope it's a bad beta because uh, I want to. I yeah. want to get into it. I want to try it. So we'll see how it goes. Um, last bit of news, Lone. You're gonna go ahead and lead us into this one because we're talking about Bioshock Three and what mm. could presumably be the developers mm. for this l- beloved franchise. Um, so let's hear it. You, you made a video about this, but we definitely want to talk about it some more. Yeah. So made a video about this today. It kind of follows up. Last month, I did a, an everything we know video about Bioshock, where I pretty much tracked the, if you will, downfall of, of Bioshock ever since Ken Levine um, wound down Irrational Games. Because essentially, and a lot of this is coming from uh, Strauss Selnick of Take Two, but you had uh, Irrational Games wind down. You had Strauss Selnick say that 2K Marin is going to be the studio that develops Bioshock. But they had experienced serious staff reductions at that stage and had pretty much closed down. So then every moment from then on when Strauss was talking about Bioshock and how it's a permanent franchise, it's really important, it's etc., they were never confirming, they were never even mentioning 2K Marin. So it seems like that studio doesn't even exist anymore, right? But then you have this studio called Hangar 13 that props up that created the, the latest Mafia game. 
that studio was initially created by a bunch of people from 2K Marin. But also as well, a lot of the people that, some of the people anyways that were let go from Irrational Games moved across to Hangar 13. So I'm like, okay, you've got people there that have worked on Bioshock Infinite and Bioshock 2 and Bioshock 2 DLC. I, I, maybe some people that worked on the original Bioshock, I don't know. But at least you've got that you know, experience there. Then after that, you have... Um, so Mafia 3 is pretty much done. The DLC... I think the DLC is pretty much finished as well. I don't know. Maybe there's a, a there's few one more coming. Last. One, one last. One last one. So, yeah. so one last, right? And, and they have to move on to something else. Yeah. Right. And then Hangar 13, they're starting to hire aggressively for something... Because you, you don't have, like, usually when a game is finished, a developer will let um, employees go because they don't need that many people on board. But it seems like they're actually developing something big because not only are they hiring about 17 positions, like, j- just as we know of, but they also merged with 2K Check, which developed Mafia 2, and they have about at least over 50 staff. So it, it's a lot of anecdotal evidence, I know, that I'm putting together with this, but... Yeah. A studio that that has Bioshock experience that's still hiring. What other 2K game can you think of that Strauss Selnick has consistently said we're going to get another one of these games? What other game can you think of that this studio is working on? It could I be anything. It's it's Mafia Four. No, I no not Mafia straight away. Mafia Three sold incredibly well. But I then hate they, the fact that it I, did. But it I sold don't. Incredibly I do not well. think. Honestly, I don't think that they're going to be moving on from Mafia Three to Mafia Four straight away. I, I that's do what not I thought that. as well. But Go Burns, the guy who's on my channel, this is his entire channel is Mafia and yeah. GTA. And just looking at some of those hiring positions and some of the different people who haven't left versus people who have and stuff like that, I, I, I would love to see. I mean, wow. like I would rather see, for example, I'd rather see a, a Bioshock. But Mafia Three sold freakishly well Mafia for such a is terrible game fastest selling game ever november 2nd yeah. 2016 yeah. and the the, the rumor is units in the first week in the yeah, first but like, week and the selling, rumor is internally well. sorry go on but oh, i was just gonna say the rumor the rumor was internally that when that happened it was instantly greenlit to two and that was what everybody has has switched to in fact that's he uh, go has some info about the delay in some of the dlc that was supposed to come out and mm-hmm. why the why that delay might have been attributed to some of those people being shifted new people being trained to do the dlc but the other people were doing um mafia 4 so i i don't know i i don't know like and here's the thing right i don't know whether it's going to be mafia 4 or whether it's going to be the, the next bioshock right all i do know is that 2K Marin was designated as a studio that was going to work on the next Bioshock game. And a lot of those yeah. staff, a lot of the veteran staff there moved across to, to Hangar 13, right? And I, I don't know whether they would jump straight on to doing the next Mafia game. It, it just, it, it doesn't make sense to me. And, and when when Take-Two is saying, Strauss Helnick is saying, we're getting another Bioshock game, which other developer could possibly work on that game within, within Take-Two? So while I know that, yeah, you know, Mafia... Studio. But what studio? This is my guess. I'm saying. I, I mean, it, it like it could be like one of those things where, um, you know, they haven't even announced the studio is working on. It. They've just they've created this brand new studio to work on Bioshock. They're like, all right, you guys got this. There's no pressure. No one's talking about you guys. No one knows about you guys. Just nah. focus on making the game. And when it's ready, reveal it, and they'll reveal the studio and everything with it. I don't know. I don't even. Well, know look if that's at possible. Anthem. Look at Anthem. Casey Hudson basically let slip that prior to leaving Bioware, he was already working on Anthem 
And so he's happy to be returning to Anthem. And I'm like, holy shit, what? Yeah. I, I knew it had been in development for a while, but even talks that's surprising for three years. Mm -hmm. So uh, they can do that where they're, you know, in their preliminary. And I would, I'm going to be honest, I would rather have a Bioshock, but at the same time, I would rather not have a Bioshock. And the reason why is because I want them to take their time and I, uh, and, and do a good job. And I don't necessarily, I don't know if I trust anybody to make Bioshock right now too. Well, I mean, and, and this, I don't this know is why. the exact reason why I'm me. mentioning it, right? I mean, you're saying that you want them to take their time with Bioshock and make a good game. Would you really trust giving Bioshock to a brand new studio? I mean, look at look at uh, Hangar 13 and Mafia 3. I mean, it sold well, blah, 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 blah. But they were a brand new studio that I, I think 2K checked that developed Mafia 2 helped them with that game. But they were a brand new studio and the game was pretty average from what I yeah, could see with all the reviews, right? Now imagine if you had a brand new... It, it doesn't matter, like, usually... When a brand new studio comes together, they haven't worked with each other. You know, they're still getting their uh, bearings together. The the first game that that studio develops is probably not going to be the greatest game in the world, right? There probably are exceptions to that, but you had Mafia Three as one example of a new studio coming together and they developed an average game. I reckon their next game, Hangar Thirteen's game, would be much improved. But you're and saying that if there's going to be a new studio that works in Bioshock, that's going to be an average game, you know, very likely, anyways. I, so no, I, I, I agree. I, I mean, it, it makes uh, that's why it makes more sense to be Mafia Four. That's exactly. I actually agree with you. It's just our conclusion is different. It's mm. it is going to be a better game. Let's hope. And Mafia Three sold incredibly well and was considered by some, including myself, to be average. But it sold incredibly well and has a huge fan base and is is now like right now. Uh, so uh, if Mafia Four comes along and we we a, a, Ascribe all the same things you just said about Bioshock. You have to do the same yeah. thing with Mafia. That that would yeah. be better. And they're looking at the numbers going, well, damn, if Mafia 3 average did this, if we really nail this, look at what we could do. Mm -hmm. um, I think what we're doing is we're starting to say, if it's not these guys, who else? That's when we all lose. Because, like, we yeah. have no, I mean, like, they have no clue. And, and I would rather it be well, Bioshock, I mean, personally. This is... This is not a mutually exclusive thing. They could be hiring that heavily because they're doing both. They could right? do both, we, yeah. We, we, right. we don't know that, right? But I just, I can't see them as a studio to move straight onto the next Mafia game. That doesn't hey, really make sense how many did it sell? How many, how many did, uh, by, uh, did uh, Infinity sell? Um, I, I think... Does anybody know? It was 9 million. I, Let me check. No, I think it was a bit, I think it was like 11 million. I know overall, Bioshock has sold about 25 million copies as a franchise. But, sorry, but... But without Levine, he so he won't be involved in this one at all, right? At and all, yeah. So yeah, Bioshock has so, been at eleven million sales. Eleven million sales. So personally, the the see what's weird is, and Go is a better person than myself to talk about this, but he knows he knows people at the companies, like actually legitimately has met them, uh, and so he had some information about Check, the other group that worked on yeah. it and and helped yeah. and um. It, you know, just looking at everything, it was the opinion that this, you know, that this was the plan. But it could be too. It just also depends on like how they do their stuff. Because remember, Infinity's team at one time wasn't very big either. So it's like it oh, was, and right. then it wasn't, yeah. and there was, you know. So it could be one of those things where they're, they 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 understand that you don't necessarily have to blow things out of the water if you're just putting things together preliminarily. So maybe they do both. And then they ramp up when, when they're closer for either one. Um, well, that's the thing. And my estimation is that, at the very least, this is about a 200-strong uh, studio, right? You have 
uh, about 50 people from 2K Check. You had, I think, 150 people last count at Hangar 13. And then right. they're hiring more. I mean, this could be a studio. I, I, maybe, but I think that this could be a studio that maybe could work on, on two games and has the capacity to. But what I, I just don't know is who else could possibly work with it, work on Bioshock. And I don't think they're going to pawn it off to a third party. I really don't. The only only guess, other guess that I have is the studio that did the uh, remaster, Bioshock the Collection. Um, Blind Squirrel games, oh, but yeah, even right. that they did a remaster. Well, here's would, the thing: would you is trust that's, them doing a new game? That's yeah, not entirely not same, yeah. improbable. Look at Sly Cooper. You had Sucker Punch Games do the first three, then Sanzaro Games comes in. They remaster all three of them. Stu- they said they used it as a case study on what made a Sly Cooper game good, and in my opinion, they made uh, a really good Sly Cooper game for the fourth entry in the series. Season time, I know that game gets some shit, but um, you know, I think it's better in Sly Three. Personally. You know what worries me, guys? I just I'm not as big of a fan as bio uh, of the Bioshock stuff nearly as, as both you guys. I, I think some of them are okay, and I'm not a fan of a couple others. But it, I also uh, Ken Levine is just Bioshock to me. So it's so like the yeah. idea of him not working on it kills my soul. Not because I think it can't be done. It, I don't. I, I I it can be done. It's just that I know a lot of people hated Infinity, but I liked at. At very, I liked his idea of Infinity, if that makes sense. Yeah, see, like the, I, I loved his idea. That and was I the. Don't, uh, I don't know of anybody else who has that thing. Yeah, that like, was the thing I was like, going to get around to. I was like, maybe it's just on ice, and they're not making it right now. That's what I'm wondering. Like, you know, is it on ice until they like, find do, somebody? Do they look at the whole you know? story and go, "What do we do that's better than this?" Mm. Or you know, and what do they do? What what world do they go to? They've yeah. gone subterranean. They've gone underwater. You know, like what. What do they do? Space. space well, yeah. Here's the thing, though, right? Gray. I mean, oh, here's God. the thing. Before Red Dead was actually announced, we didn't know we were going to get a- another Red Dead, right? Red Dead 2. And before that, you had Strauss Selnick say the exact same things about Red Dead as he's saying about Bioshock. He said, word for word, that it's a permanent franchise and that it's important to us. And what do we get? We get another Red Dead. Now, it's slightly different because it's Rockstar, but, you know... He's saying that the those exact same there. things with Bioshock. The po- of course, the possibility is there, and they don't they don't make Bioshock the collection for no reason, unless they're trying to prep right. us. That's what I said. For they they literally made a Twitter and a remastered collection just last year over exactly. What? They're going to do something with it. Uh, I I I mean, here's the thing: is I hope it's not the Hangar Thirteen games. I'm going to be honest. I like the story Mafia Three. Yeah, it showed that I they agree. can tell a good story. But their gameplay structure needs work. It's you and I but, talk about this because it reminds us of Bioware. Like yeah. if, if Bioware said they were making a Jade Empire, I'm not 100 percent sure you and I would both yeah. be like, "That's awesome." We would yeah, probably be like, all, "Can we find okay, somebody this else?" Sounds good, but hold on, you know. <laughs> but so, this, this this goes back to them being a new studio. That's the first game that they worked on. It probably is going to take them many years to to start to truly sink. And also as well, Mafia is a is a completely different game to Bioshock. I mean, maybe the reason why they didn't make a good Mafia game is because they didn't really have experience making Mafia. Because mm-hmm. pe- like previously, it was 2K Check making Mafia, and they just assisted with Mafia 3 after they were a, lo- a lot of the stuff made redundant. I will say this. I think I, think I agree, but I'm going to be rude here and say I don't think... I think you are attributing intelligence and common sense and um, uh, an attention to detail to people that are <laughs> might be looking more at a dollar sign. And yeah. they both had big dollar signs for sure. But what I'm saying is like, you know, 
we say it's average and I, I swear to shit, I just I if you locked one of them in a room and said, is Mafia three average? I think that the first thing out of their mouth as they died would be, well, look how it sold. And that was our first game. Like, so yeah. you and I, you know, you and I think one thing, but the way some of these people think they can't see because they don't know game development too. some of the people who make these decisions and I've talked to them and they will admit this Matt Mat- uh, Matrick who uh, ran Microsoft, was a big game developer for a while, but he lost sync. And he was hugely popular prior to taking over for Microsoft. Mm. But if you talk to him, if you talk to him, they will tell you straight up. They'll be like, well, sometimes we're too high. We're way beyond the discussion of the actual game creation. We just put the team together. And sometimes the team only gets put together because two people get in a room and go, how much can we make? And I... I think mm. we hope for far more intelligence. I don't mean to sound jaded, but like well, my, my I don't, fear I don't... is that the way it's funny. I'm also I I literally just last night started a, a playthrough of Bioshock One for like the fifth time. So I, <laughs> yeah. I, it's just it's really coincidental that this episode we're hitting on all the games I've been playing. And there's one yeah. thing I noticed about Bioshock One compared to we'll, we'll have to use Mafia Three because it's their only work is that Bioshock One and Mafia Three. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's not, that was good. Is that Bioshock One really relies on the environment and the player to discover the story? Where um, yeah, especially in Mafia Three, it was a documentary. It was telling you the story, and that exactly. was like two different styles styles of storytelling um, that I don't know if Hangar Thirteen is capable of doing. There was a very special DNA within Irrational Games to let the player discover the story for themselves where, yeah, nowadays we see a lot of the audio logs and we, we talked about the dying audio, like, the, I'm fucking going <laughs> yeah. down, but I know, you know what's yeah. going on. <laughs> Thank God this Zune ran out of power right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's that? An explosion plays in the background. I'm going to hit end record now. We, we've talked about Makes this Makes me want to kill somebody, man. But, yeah. like, yeah. you know, it, it allowed a new type of storytelling where the player uncovered it for themselves and filled in the gaps. And um, it, it was innovative for its time, and I think it... Bioshock stopped at just the right time where it started to become redundant with those audio logs and it started to become ridiculous where now not only would Hangar Games have to come in and really replicate that same DNA of the environmental storytelling that's powerful and that translates an image of what is going on to the player, um, how this utopia became a dystopia, but also reinventing the narrative wheel in a way because now you're in a place where there's so many first-person games. There's so many first-person shooters, and that's why Bioshock really caught on is because it gave the player um, this different type of gameplay choice from other titles, um, but, you know, kind of gave you the idea that you're playing around the narrative, you know, like the Little Sisters in Bioshock 1. Um, so it's just they have to reinvent the wheel in a lot of ways and, and really fucking come up with something different. And I, I don't know if they're... I don't know if any, like we said earlier, I don't know if any company would be really able to do something along those lines. It's tough. To I, agree, I agree. It's going to be hard to kind of, it, it's really tough to, to catch lightning in a bottle. I think that's the, the, the phrase, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, that being is. said, which studio would you trust? The one that actually does have people that worked on multiple Bioshock games or someone else? That, and, and that's the key. I, I know that maybe Mafia the 3 wasn't the best game. Worked on the pre-sequel. Then they have people who worked on the original Borderlands helping out on that. Well, I'm, just, I'm in the par- ballpark that I didn't really like pre-sequel did, that yeah. much. Neither did I. Pre-sequel, pre-sequel was, sli- was that was slightly different, good. though. No, no, no. Okay. Very pre-sequel different DNA. Was... Just 
No, no, pre-sequel was different because the people that created that game were 2K Australia, right? And initially, up until that point, they did a lot of supporting stuff, all right? They, they helped They helped with Bioshock, <laughs> they helped with Borderlands, and then this was kind of, I don't know if it was their first game, but it was one of their big, you know, new games that they ever did on their own. But right. you're talking about irrational game staff now working on this new Bioshock game, not people that used to provide a supporting role. Example. A lot of yeah. New Vegas' staff moved on to Fallout 4. That's different, though, man. <laughs> a lot of people would be shocked to find that one out, but a lot of people whose portfolios are out there who worked on Fallout 4, you'll see it. 2010, yeah. Fallout New Vegas, and people are like, hold the fuck up. You know, like, <laughs> like it's just... I'm not, I'm not bringing down your point or trying to, to upset mm. you, Lone. I love when you're a happy little guy. I'm just saying, it, it's like... <laughs> like you said, it's a lightning in the bottle kind of thing. You're like... You know, like a New Vegas, lightning in the bottle. Bioshock, lightning in the bottle. It's like it's hard to recapture, especially with a new studio, that energy, even if you've got the same people there. I have a question for both of you. If if we all three lived anywhere near each other, if, if he didn't live in the penal colony and we lived in the West Coast, <laughs> so everybody was living with me. <laughs> I'm just joking. It, could we, and I think we're pretty, I think we're fairly intelligent. We're probably mediocre people. Could we come up with an idea for Bioshock whatever we want to call it, Space Dome, could we come up with one that would be different enough that it didn't feel like um, Endor compared to fucking Hoth compared to uh, the the original fucking Star Wars, where it's just different planet, different planet, different planet. And that's the way Bioshock to me feels a little bit sometimes. Is like we're, we're going to go to these different environs each, you know. And okay. could we? I mean, do we have an idea? It, space, right? Like, because otherwise, what... That's half of that's half of it to me is the environment. That's why to me Infinite was so interesting, and okay. um, because it was so it's, different. It's, it's literally it's the, space. The setting and environment is that Crucial. is the story. It, it, it is the story. Agree. It really right. is. Absolutely so it's agree. like you can so, only go a number of places. What do we do? Like, you what know? would we okay. do? What would we come up so, with? Would it be my idea? Has been. You know, we, we've had Prey. We're about to have more System Shock games that's dealing with space. Let them yeah. do with, deal with space. My idea from... And, and this has been a lot of people's ideas. I'm not like, oh, I'm so fucking smart. But just having an underground-themed Bioshock. Sure. And what I mean by that is you could have, like, underground caverns with stalactites and stalactites. You could have uh, volcano, like, underground volcanoes, like, fucking mine people. Uh, something with an underground setting. I'm not a fucking games developer, mm -hmm. right? But that would be yeah. much different to what we've had with Infinite, which was in the sky, and Bioshock, w the original Bioshock, which was under the sea, right? Uh, I think that's, the difference cool. is that both those yeah. games, I think because sure. of the environments, had such a, a fucking beautiful color palette. Even even you now. Could have a color, you could have a beautiful color palette I mean, yeah, underground. Yeah, like the shiny stones. I don't, I don't know. You I'm could have like, I, I was like, a, like say... a diamond mine, for instance. Okay. No, there's an, a very good example of this. Menzo Baranzan, which is Forgotten Realms, uh, the, Driz, the Drizzit or Drit series, whatever you want to call however you want to pronounce them. It's a Dark Elf series. It's number one Forgotten Realms Dungeon and Dragons novel and world. And it, it had multiple ones, super popular, popular enough that Steven Spielberg was going to make a movie out of it for a while. That did that showed the beauty. There were artists who were working on the covers and they showed that you could certainly do a colorful underground i think gears this is going to sound really weird but just stick with me for a second i think gears of war has at times shown that if you understand how to do color bounce and you understand how to draw a person's eye you can do some pretty crazy stuff with color underground 
But the thing with underground, and I, I like the idea, is what would, I mean, even the methodology, for, uh, Bioshock has a, a particular Atlas Shrugged kind of thing, right? Like each one yeah. has this. So the only thing that underground to me speaks of, and you guys are going to get mad, but well, you guys won't. Is is Fallout because like why would you why would it be underground? I start thinking all of a sudden like mm -hmm. you know um, what if it's a civilization that all escaped because they thought nuclear war was happening in the Cold War? That would be interesting. That would be so you could do that could that that could that, be pretty cool. That's actually now that'd that be I think a about fucking it, that would good be, idea. Yeah, that's that would where maybe they still think <laughs> maybe they still think something's happened. Um, you know, ab above ground and there, or maybe you're a character who is there and you're the first one. You know, to meet them who, who's from it, the outside world. It, it, that so, yeah. and also as well, it could just be on a different planet. I mean, well, that's the it, thing. But nah, then, then it's just nah, an imagination nah. thing because, at least in yeah, my in my opinion, you could just you could say this is a different planet and put it in in some place. But in the scheme of things, what's different about Bioshock One and Two is that it's about like people essentially seceding from America and creating their own civilization. Well, kind well, of the same with Infinite Two, right? Yeah. With pretty much, pretty much. I oh, mean, the, the, oh, with Bioshock Infinite, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I mean, yeah. Uh, then, I but mean, they were they based go, on fuck this. Let's go to a new planet. Like, and, and, and they were based on uh, English narrative, by the way. So, like, they yeah. all had English. So, a space one would be hard for me because I would try to figure out a, a different planet would be even harder because some of it is about the narrative that a person, for example, who wants to read Atlas Shrugged can go do so right now, outside of the game. A person who wants to read some of these books that sort of that sort of created Bioshock One, Two, and and, and Infinite can go get those. I don't know about a space. I yeah. don't know about an alien one because it would be it, like, what would you go? But no, it, but it would, just because be it's another planet doesn't mean it's alien. I mean, you you could have a story, for instance. Where, oh, I see. What you're like, okay. look at how many years that we've been trying to set up settlements on Mars, yeah, and you could have Mars, this really rich, that, right. this rich entrepreneur that's just like, you know sure. what? I'm just, I have a bunch of money. I'm gonna go do it on my own and set up a Elon society Musk. on Mars. <laughs> yeah, would, there you go. Elon Musk. That would be. And, awesome. And you've got this awesome, cool red <laughs> setting. Like, yeah, yeah. why not? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that uh, would, if, that if that were the case, where it would have to be a situation where they're like, we're sick of what's going on here. Set up an interesting scenario on what's happening on Earth. And saying yeah. we're either moving to another planet. I'm really like, it is a lot like Fallout. That's probably why I was like, oh, fuck, that's a great yeah. idea. Is, you know, let's go underground and hide from what could potentially be a war. Because eventually, then the, I'd imagine the end goal of that entire game would be what's happening above ground. Right. And but you know, like, you, you know what? It doesn't have to be we're going to go underground because we're trying to hide from something. It can be we're going to go no, underground. We were just saying it could. No, no, I, I agree. I agree. But like, it could be we are, we are going to go underground, create the society to create an uprising against people above ground. That was kind like I guess the ending of Bioshock 1 kind of touched on that if you're talking about the evil ending. But we've never had a Bioshock really where we've had one of these dystopian worlds actually attack the real world. Or, Usually they they try to I stay pretty separate. I thought they were going to do a battle in New York what about, DLC for what about uh, this? Infinite. Mm. What about yeah. this? He, so he's right. What about this? What if your character is from the other, you know, from above, and you're doing all the shit, and then it ends, and the ending is basically that you're lying, and that everybody above, it, like, is as bad as everybody <laughs> says. So you're like, you're yeah. trying, you're like, I'm fighting for freedom. This place down here sucks. You need to go up, and everybody goes up, and you lead them up into a fucking human mulcher because everybody above is out of food. And Soylent oh. Green is humans. That would be so crazy to be like, that, you're the bad he, guy. Oh. You're like, that or, or touching up yeah. Lone's idea of a uh, a society 
that um you know they they go underground because they want to create an uprising and perhaps you're born into this and you're you're you know you're catered yeah. to think this way and stuff and the whole game like they do a good job of getting you to believe this and stuff and then like you go above ground and you you find out like that really wasn't the case or something i don't know something along those lines you know i i it's that's the thing is like it's it feels Could like we're fun. stretching a little bit it does. But we're not. Yeah. I mean, you like we we are just literally three people that aren't really writers. We're not really narrative designers. Nor that intelligent. On a podcast <laughs> that we're talking about random ideas that sound fun. Imagine if you get a bunch of really good writers and narrative designers in a room to say, "What are we going to do with the next Bioshock?" They will think of some cool stuff. I mean, or the great the... Phantom Menace. What the fuck are we talking about? They have yeah. failure. There's a failure rate loan. Come on. No, there is. A, I'm not saying there's not a failure rate. Right. Know, like, there's going to be a big risk with this. But all I'm saying yeah. is that. At the end of the day, look how different, really, Bioshock Infinite was to Bioshock 1. Oh, dude, But yeah. they, they, just, they always have their kind of core things that Bioshock goes back to. It's a, dysto- it's a utopia society that has a, a, a dystopian afterlife, if you will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're trying to escape from the real world. They, they, they discovered these superpowers, whether it's plasmids or whether it's what it, like, Vigors, whatever they call them in Infinite, right? That, that, those are the cores of Bioshock, and it doesn't matter where it's actually set. So long as you have those key factors, it will feel like Bioshock. Symbolism is a huge key. Religion kind of is a little bit of a huge key. And and, and philosophy. Philosophy, absolutely. Fucking Andrew Ryan is literally like, is a man not entitled to the sweat on his brow? Not only that, but not only that, but fucking Mr. Kool-Aid man who killed all of the people, uh, what was his name? The um the cult, the cult leader that killed all of his people with Kool-Aid. God, I made a joke about this a couple days ago. Um um, it was in like the 60s. Um, what? Oh, I thought you were talking about someone in game. I was like, oh, no, I know he's talking about. No, him. it's uh, what's his name? He, you actually hear them dying. There's an audio recording where somebody uh, had yeah. the telephone live while they were all drinking cyanide and the Kool Aid. And I would love the idea of like that of a group like that escaping, you know, under a religious leader, and then you know, and then that world. What would they create? You know, what it's, things it's would they create? It's always about. It's always about people. You're trying to escape the, Jonestown. the uto- Jonestown, utopia that's become a dystopia. What mm-hmm. if there was like an outside source? You were born into this society. There was an outside source constantly contacting, trying to get in to this, thinking it was well, something else. Well, that's sort of what I was talking about. Is that about what you're getting at? Okay. Yeah, that is what I was so, getting Someone at else original. trying to get into your society, yeah. and you let them in, and then shit goes wrong, and you're kind that's of what I was in that saying, yeah. downward I, I, I liked the idea, though, of you being the person who led the, the terror because I thought Prey did a good job with some of that switch up. And I know you guys weren't as heavy on Prey, Prey Actually, as I was, way, but kinda, I liked some of that. In and a way, that's infinite. That. Technically, you're the one who brings the, the terror because you're the uh, false true. shepherd or true. whatever. And they see your hand. And they're like, oh, fuck. And then you start shooting everyone after that. That's true. Yeah, so, that's true. Maybe I, maybe that's I did the thing, nothing though. more see, than I mean, I know, great. Like, it's already like been said, done. We're not narrative designers or anything, but we're, we're spitfiring ideas. And every time we hit this roadblock. And we're like, what? What now? And it's like, you two Ks had to have this conversation a bunch of times. Oh I yeah, had a, a ton, I just a hope ton, it's one yeah. of those things where when they, if they do announce it, it's like, oh fuck, I can't believe I didn't think of that. That's genius. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like one of those. And we know the behind the scenes for Ken, and they tore up like even his own level designer was like, I'll never work for him again um, because <laughs> of some of the stuff I had to go through. So, and Ken, he's the guy who actually I think had the best vision, had to recreate his vision. At minimum, we know three times. So yeah. that's the person who knows his shit. So maybe I should shut up and not keep asking for Ken and be like, maybe we do need new people. 
at, to go in and come up because you know it, he was having his own problems look, with that. I mean, it, huge problems. So I mean, we are at a situation that w- with Bioshock. Look, we, we, I think we kind of have to accept that we are never going to have uh, the likes of Ken or whatever it is or a studio yeah, that right. was exactly like a rational work on Bioshock again. And we and we kind of have to accept that whatever we do get, either it's not going to be as good, or even if it technically technically is good it's just going to be very different to what we had with bioshock in the past but i don't think that's a, a good enough reason for us to never have bioshock again i think that's stupid yeah, right. you know yeah. like whatever new game bioshock game that comes out it shouldn't affect your enjoyment of the previous games and heck it might not be as good as the previous ones but you have to accept that if we want to get a new bioshock because there's, and I, there's, there's have no other way you'll have kids loan too the kids gotta play games like we don't just stop making exactly. games yeah, so yeah no, exactly no, i agree right. i i agree for sure i just I just think that whenever anything's got a title, like a shock at the end, um, I really yeah. want to, I really, I put a lot of, and I don't like them as much as you guys at all, which is funny because I can yeah. talk about them. I'm doing a walking the walk for an infinite, but I don't, I don't have anywhere near as much like, uh, you know, interest as you guys do. But I, for some reason, I'm very particularly um, protective of that series. And I think it's because yeah, it is enough. so different. Like, That's if that makes sense, is... like, I want it to be alien. I want it to be different enough mm-hmm. for me to go. That's a shit. Because I played System Shock 2, one of my favorite games of all time. And I'm so nervous that, like, the System Shock stuff that's coming out, like, won't hit the same marks. I want yeah. it to. So, I like, I'm so nervous about that. It's just, they're good. They're different. They're different. I don't know what, I mean, that's the only no, way to I describe agree. it. I don't, I don't even feel think... the same. Yeah, I don't think it's got to be one of those things where you got to, like, love Bioshock to be protective of it. Yeah, it's, it's just a very different series because there's very few yeah. games um that i play a decade later i think at this point it was bioshock one in 06 or 08, 08 it was oh it was 08 yeah all right so almost a decade later i'm sorry and it still has a you can still really go back well. to it yeah i'm <laughs> saying like first timer you can go back and play that and be and and think it was a modern game but like yeah the hacking mini oh, game in sure. bioshock one a little a little redundant but like i mean you know the you know, there's just so many layers to the story that it's like it's one of those games you need to keep returning to. Like, just it's like an onion. You just got to keep peeling it back again and again. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. okay, there's more. Okay, there's more again. Oh, there's even a deeper meaning here. You know, because it's just that that second, third, fourth time you're hearing it, it has this different feeling to it. And that's one other thing that uh, I don't see Hangar 13 or whatever studio replicating is just that level of thoughtful writing. Um, I mean, that was, it feels like every fucking line in Bioshock has, has been meticulously narrowed down and focused in on where they're like, this has to have yeah, like tons of meaning that I can Google for hours. Yeah. Right. Um, you, you know, it's insane. There was a rumor about a Snowpiercer game and that would be another title that I think could fit this. Uh, that's the game with the Chris Evans movie where he's on the train and it's uh, after an ice or it's after an apocalypse. And that train just keeps driving around the world, and it's sort of about the different class structure there. You could you could look at something like that where it doesn't have to be in a solidified place. Like I, I would have played that. Unfortunately, I got canceled. But mm. the, the, when they were first talking about that, I was like, "Oh shit!" Like train shock. Like that would be that could actually be very cool. Um, I I don't know if you guys have played it, but there's a game called Con um, Conun- no not Conundrum, but it's the one where it's the airplane in space or in the air. And it's a massive airplane, and it's like a city in an airplane. If you guys, either one of you guys, check that out. So that's that. that's an it's an indie game, and and that um, first person indie game, and that's like this massive, you know, airplane in the future that 
like travels because I think it's because the if I remember right, the world isn't you know habitable anymore. Something crazy wow. like that. But cool uh, so you could you could do some of those cool things too, where it doesn't have to necessarily be a whole new ecosystem, but instead like something like that. Snowpiercer was a great idea. I didn't like the movie, but a great idea for a game. I'd play the shit out of that. One that was such a cool... I also just thought yeah. of is, I mean, we, we've seen what happens when another developer, not Ken Levine, puts his hands on the franchise with Bioshock 2. And I don't think that right. turned out too bad. Um, I mean, but the, the other thing is that you return to you return to Rapture. Rapture. So... And, and I guess Bioshock I didn't like kind of had... I, I know a lot of people, like, a few... I don't, I don't know if it's the majority or whatever didn't like 2, right? But at the very least, two did have some fun gameplay, but it did have Rapture to fall back on. I mean, right. imagine imagine if Bioshock 2 was set in a completely different setting or was just really different in terms of the environment, right? I think people would have hated it ten times more. And, I, and, and I, in, in some senses, the fact that it was set in Rapture was a saving grace. Mm. Sure, yeah. No. So okay. if the next That's Bioshock, the whatever it is... I can't have too much of an opinion on that game because I, I only played it once around the time it came out. Uh, I remember I, I got it, played it, and that was it. Uh, I don't. I remember liking it a lot, but um, that's why I'm looking forward to replaying it because it's, it's so vague. And I never played Minerva's Den, but I've heard amazing things about yeah. that. So it's like I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Should be good. I mean, it's it's the it's the game that, and I don't know whether it's for nostalgic reasons or because it's the second and. Um, mm. Ken Levine didn't work on it, but it's kind of the game that, when I think back on, I don't have as vivid memories as the others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me neither. But I can I can kind of explain that to an extent because Infinite had such a great story, and Bioshock One was the first, and Bioshock Two is kind of like literally it's like the middle child. Yeah. And for um, me, I didn't know that Ken didn't work on it. I didn't know and I didn't ah, really? even follow. Yeah, so I played two and I, and all, everybody was mad at me because I kept, went to work and I'm like. This is not as good as one. Everybody was like, you know, not everybody, but a lot of people were like, what do you mean, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, something feels different. And then one of the guys at work was like, well, the main guy's not the same. And I was like, oh, the entire motto doesn't feel right. Like, it just, yeah. it, things didn't, you know, because you have that guy, that you know, fucking quarterback coach or the head coach who's like, nah, everything has to go yeah, here and yeah. here. And you, and you don't think maybe sometimes that they do a ton, but if they're gone, the atmosphere that they create is the juice. That's what right. causes people to do the but things. Here's that they the do. thing, though, with, and I guess I know we're, we're babbling at this stage, but with Bioshock 2, I guess people might have been more upset at that because Ken Levine didn't work on it. And that's because he was still working on Bioshock and he was still doing irrational games. And, and like, he still wanted to do something else Bioshock related, right? So people might have thought, well, why the hell is Ken Levine not doing this game? Why did you point it off? Now it's a different situation. Ken is not working on a new Bioshock game ever. So we need to work with what we have. That wasn't the, t- that wasn't yeah. the situation so with weird. Bioshock 2. Right. It's really strange. Yeah. It is. It's, it's like somebody, it's like George Lucas fucking selling Star I'll never, until I die, I'll never understand selling, like, star wars to disney i'll never understand like yeah. ken just saying i'm not doing like to me i mean but that's because they're artists and i'm not they know what the fuck they're doing like mm, he yeah. obviously ken didn't ken was like it's not juicing me anymore and that's the way it should be right i mean we yeah. see that it's like if it's not working for you give it to us where we're sitting here talking about fucking number two for half an hour for no reason obviously yeah. somebody cares <laughs> who will put some focus into it yeah so. mm-hmm. Well, that'll wrap up all we have. We just hit the two-hour mark, so. Oh, damn. Uh, yeah. Just uh, really fucking babbled away there. That was a good... Oh, dude, that wasn't babble. That was fucking quite 
That was quite intelligent quite nuanced for three nah, people with, with yeah. barely double-digit IQs. We did quite well. <laughs> yeah, it just, that was about a 40-minute discussion in its own right. Fuck. Oh, was it? Good stuff. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Very, very, very cool. I learned some stuff. Awesome. So that'll wrap it up. And uh, hashtag. Learn some Ooh. stuff. What did, um, what did What's-His-Name what's his name he's he's on the podcast what did loan say about nes he said it's ugly and it caused you to laugh or they're ugly he's yeah. talking about games <laughs> and you like, just started oh, laughing it's so ugly, it's so ugly. that's yeah. that's so ugly is a great uh, that yeah. would i like that hashtag yeah that's uh, so all right that's so my vote Doesn't if have you got to, be the to the end of this two-hour episode hashtag that is so ugly is the uh one you should send <laughs> in the direction of at jeremy penter at g27 status loan vaults <laughs> Wander, not wanderer, but wander. I'm still waiting. I'm, I'm, to work with. I'm still waiting. Yeah, I'm still waiting for someone to be like, "Maddie, you spelled his name on Twitter wrong, you idiot." And I'm gonna be like, "Oh well, character limit, you know," because yeah. it, it always looks like your name just gets cut off or something. Fucking annoying. Like, so one day I'm his, waiting for his the. Name is uh, what? So my Twitter handle is LoneBot right. Wonder because ER was was cut off. Right. I'm waiting for the day that this Twitter handle, which is just at Lone, to give up his shit because. Uh, he's some sort of agency. I don't know. He needs to get rid of it, and then I'll take at loan. That'd be amazing. You buy it off of him. Just pay the big bucks, you know. You're probably good. All you right. Probably, yeah. Well, that'll do it for this episode. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you, Carrick. Thank you, Loan. It was a great discussion, okay. as per usual. And we will catch you guys in next week's episode. Peace, Peace out. out.